Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. We are back with another episode of the Next Level Nerd Sportscast. I'm Frank Conti, and joining me once again is Bronson Allman. And we took last week off, so we have a lot to cover this week. It's a, a two-week break, and the big game is coming up, Bronson. I don't know if you uh, heard about it, but uh, it's just Super Bowl 52. <laughs> That's so funny you mentioned the big game. because That's all they're allowed to call it on TV. Hold on. Time out. This is this is this is story time with Uncle Bronson here. So kids gather around the campfire. This is a story time. Frank triggered one of my my memories. <laughs> so before I uh, worked the job I had now, you know, I spent many years uh, working at McDonald's, but then I also worked at a uh, family video for quite a few years. Is we used to do candy promotions with like the I think what was it? Um, I'm trying to think the candy we had there. It was Reese's. So that would be the the Hershey company because that'd be Reese's. Mm-hmm. So we would do stuff with Reese's. So we would do a promotion with the video store, and uh, it would be tickets to the Super Bowl. But since the contest is not approved, endorsed, or sponsored by the NFL, we were not allowed to say the Super Bowl. We had to say it's a big game. If you bought this candy, you go in tickets to the big game. That's what so, all the shows have to say it too on TV. Yeah. It's a licensed. It's a yeah. licensed name. So yeah, that's you know like all those ga- you know like there's uh you know betting commercials and stuff sports betting commercials mm-hmm. but it's funny because i got so tired of saying the big game because people would just look at me like you know frank living you know what like you know some people even know where we're why are you talking like that yeah they're like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> so i would always say i i made this actually made my manager laugh i would i would call it the blah blah bowl i wouldn't <laughs> say like the blah blah bowl like the blah blah bowl I go, they, they would know they would laugh they go oh i get it you're not allowed to say super bowl i'm like yeah <laughs> so i would say the blah blah so it'd make our customers laugh Man. And it was better than saying the big game, but like there's pictures of footballs and stuff, so they know what I was referencing. Right. Yeah, every time I hear the big game with any commercial, like what you just mentioned, it reminds me too. Like I, <laughs> I love. It reminds me too. I love like any time like Pepsi or, um, and we might get in trouble for saying these brand names on this podcast, but any um Pepsi <laughs> or Lay's potato chips will have like a cardboard cut out of like. Troy Palomalo. He's just oh, in like yeah. a, a black helmet and a black. Jersey. Oh, because they can't use the logos. That, that says yeah. Pittsburgh instead of Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can now because they are the they are the official like soft. If you are the official sponsor, but yeah, they like, are yeah. now because if you see the commercials and stuff, they are. So, any, so the end uh, so can't come after us now because they really any are. other any other company that tries yeah. to like <laughs> use, a, use a player like they have to black out the logo. Yeah, so like but, Snyder Snyder of Berlin can't use NFL license <laughs> or anything like that, but but Frito Lay can, and actually Frito Lay and Pepsi are under one company anyway. Anyway, but yeah, that's funny that yeah, that, yeah, it was the Hershey thing. We couldn't use the Super Bowl, and so funny. it was like use the blah blah blah. Like people were like, huh? But no, that was that was funny. You said that it just triggered it. And I thought maybe our audience would get a laugh at that. But. We are uh, <clears throat> we we are uh, embarking on covering our third Super Bowl on the NLN Sportscast. Cool. If you can believe it, uh, as our we first are still without Kansas City, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's our third Super Bowl we're going to cover, and we're going to save uh, the Super Bowl, uh, the recap of the AFC and NFC Championship games, and and our Super Bowl preview to the end of the show, kind of to let you get built up for it. And we want to make sure we cover 
uh, a lot of what went down in the last couple of weeks uh, in the sporting world. So we're going to try something a little bit different, a um, little bit of rapid fire, kind of like some of the shows you see on some of the bigger sports networks uh, where we just have a list of topics and Bronson and I alternate and kind of go back and forth and kind of put 60 seconds on the clock and try to, you know, Give or take, we're not going to time it, but uh, a little brief yeah, synopsis. Like you, you didn't mention anything on, on the on the on the pre-show media <laughs> no. <being> timed. <laughs> uh, little, just a, a kind of a short enough synopsis of some some bigger topics going on right now before we get into the uh, nuts and bolts of this show, which is the before Super Bowl. We, yeah. Before we get started, and just to let you guys know, guys, uh, Frank and I are recording live during the Penguin Senators game here, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I was watching a commercial here, Frank. The NHL has kind of gotten on board with this. It's um encouraging fans to send videos of like skills and things like that, that to yes. NHL.com. And like, they're going to feature fans of people doing trick shots. I think I'm sure that the Trevor Zegers thing is kind of probably motivated them to do this. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that in just a minute here, but um, I think it's kind of cool. And I actually, I think they should, I think they should go even further. I think that maybe they should do it all year. And then at the end of the season, stop it. And then like, have a fan vote, maybe have players vote or something like that. Like That'd have cool. fans vote, bring into like the top five and then have fans, players and like people vote. And then like at the NHL awards, give that person or people's the award, like have it be part of the NHL. Yeah, award show. That's a good idea. Yeah. That'd be kind of really cool. And it would engage the fans with the game. I think that would be awesome. Right. They're, they're really trying to improve ratings and get younger yeah. viewers and stuff. That's a good idea. You should, Gary Bettman should hire you in the marketing department. I think it's cool. And like, you know, like, and obviously you're not going to put them on the same level as the Masterton Trophy or the, the Selkie Trophy. Yeah, but like have side, a segment on the show. Thing, yeah. yeah. Right. Or Commissioner Bettman, or you maybe, you know, even better, like, you know, if you had McDavid or Crosby or Austin yeah, Matthews. Meet some of the players, be yeah, there like, in Vegas they, for the Present the, the award. And then, yeah. like, can you imagine little, you know, little Johnny, you know, you know, little 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 Johnny Smith, or whatever. You know, he's he puts his you know does a little skippity do with the puck or whatever. Yeah. And then he ends up winning, and then you have like Austin Matthews or Crosby giving him the award. That'd be awesome. Maybe, maybe fly out the the three finalists and have yeah. them all there for the for the presentation. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I just it just as soon as that commercial that literally just hit me like thirty seconds ago when they were doing that commercial, and I was I like, like I better say it now before I forget like later in the show. But I think it's a great idea. So if anyone's listening has any any clout with the NHL, I think I think we should get that. <laughs> But no, Frank, and then a lot of the little shots here, like of, of the city of Ottawa, like such like a beautiful town. Like people are literally just skating on the streets and stuff. That's crazy. Like, yeah, that's really cool. I love it. But um, no, I don't mean to, to push the show any further. And and I like this concept. Actually, Frank came up with this, guys. So it's kind of cool. We're not. I mean, we're trying to do a PTI style thing, but we're also not trying to do like we were talking about before the show about. Uh, my friend Nick was saying this from from college. We and him Snapchat back and forth. You know, every every debate show is, you know. You know, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Ben Simmons, Cowboys, Brady, oh, yeah. Cowboys, you know, everything, you know, <laughs> OBJ, blah, blah, blah. like it's the same thing because, that's the, you know, that's what moves the needle. And it's like, uh-huh. but no, we are going to cover Brady, but but the, I think for good reason. But um, but no, I, 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 I'm i with you, too. Sports debate shows like one, you know, it started PTI basically was the first one to really make it big. Right. And then every 20 some years ago now. Yeah. And then like. Everyone's tried to do it, and you know, skip the shade and the grade and first take, whatever, whatever your, your your choice is. You know, first things first. But you know, that's one thing I always liked. I didn't want us to be. I didn't want us to be. You know, Frank, if we and I didn't agree, it was because it was a genuine disagreement. Not we're we weren't trying to do hot takes. We're not trying to. Right. You know, and sometimes you know, Bronson has his quote unquote feelings about things, and they happen or they don't happen. But but you know, that that's me genuinely feeling that. That's not me trying to boost the ratings or or mm-hmm. try to you know cause cause a scene. Uh, so no, 
if I say that, it's because I feel it, and I, th- I know Frank's the same way. I think that's what makes our show go, honestly, Frank. And you know, people, oh, you pick chalk, or we pick the same yeah. thing. But I try well, to yeah, do we, a good we job. don't pull any punches. We say it's on our mind. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's. It, it, I think I think you and I try to do a good job too of trying to say why we we pick that. Like, there's a reason why, not because that you know we want to throw those out. So now we'll give this a shot, and like you know, we're, the show is always going to be we're going to throw things to the wall and see what sticks. Mm. So uh, this is one of those things, and we'll take it with him, Frank. I've I've babbled enough, so why don't you lead <laughs> off and let's go. Well, you brought up the Brady retirement, so that's topic number one. And uh, you know, Bronson, what do you think? I know it was a one one thing bad about it was how it kind of broke early uh, with Shefty and and that other guy from ESPN breaking the story. Kind of Tom, Tom wanted to do it on his kind of on his terms, make the announcement his way. It, it did leak early, but uh, you know, of course, this day and age, there's a lot of a lot of that going around, but Tom Brady does decide to hang it up after a what twenty-two seasons, seven Super Bowl champions, championships, ten Super Bowl appearances. Um, definitely the the greatest of all time, as much as we sometimes don't want to say it. But uh, you know, the 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 numbers don't lie. He's all the all the records, the touchdown record, the the yards record, of course, the seven rings. So, yeah, Bronson, that was the the big news when that broke. And uh, and, and what was your thoughts on it initially? My first thought was, I, w- I was surprised, but not really, because Brady Brady was always going to come back, A, because he loved playing after they won the Super Bowl. But I also even, I may have even said on the show, if not, then I was definitely thinking it. Um, then the fact that they really weren't going to lose anything to anybody to free agency, like the same entire team was coming back. So it would make no sense to retire then. You'd at least come back to try to see if you can do a repeat, especially with the same team. Minus the Antonio Brown, you know, shenanigans and whatnot, but for the most part, Frankie, every everybody came back, so why not? You know, Elway even did that too when he won the Super Bowl in '98. You know, they didn't lose anyone real big to free agency, and he was like, "Why not come back and try to do it again?" And, he, and of course, he did do it again, and then left on top. But but with um, but yeah, I, I kind of figured, you know, Brady knows that this team is going to be a little bit, you know, impacted by free agency. One of the things I thought too was like you said how it was explained um, why. Um, Schefter and I forget who the other guy was that that, that that like leaked the story. You know, they they dropped the story, and I I didn't even then I didn't want to believe it. And then I saw on social media, like Twitter, uh, TB12 posted like a thank you, Tom. So I was like, okay, well, if t- TB12, you know, the brand is posting, then it's definitely a Brady thing. And then of course everything came out saying, well, Brady hadn't said anything. You know, we don't know yet. And everyone kind of backed off the reports, and I'm like. Well, now this is going to be funny now because what I thought was going to happen a few days later is what happened is Brady actually announced he retired. So in essence, in a span of five days, he retired twice. Like he retired and then that news broke. And then it was like, well, maybe he didn't retire. And then Brady legitimately himself retired. So he got to basically retire twice. Right. Uh, you know, with how that went. But um, I think I think everyone's reaction to it is kind of what made me laugh, especially here in Pittsburgh, you know, because, you know, I, Pittsburgh fans are, you know, are probably some of the most narcissistic, you know, whiny little, you know, you can say whatever you want, but like first nude, everything's like, oh, he did it to upstage Ben, or now Ben's not going to be the leading, the Canton, the Canton, you know, the first down, oh, Ben's not going to be the I I do hate that he has to go in with Brady, he doesn't get the the full stage, It, it bugs me. Yeah, so like, so everyone's saying that or whatever, and it's like. You know, like twenty years. You know, twenty years after the induction, no one's gonna remember that Ben didn't get his due. It's a ring and it's a jacket. It's you know, an homage to the, you know the greatness <laughs> that you have. But um, 
but no, and then he, you know, he, you know, Brady retired. He enabled all the, you know, family and all the, and, you know, maybe some non-football endeavors that he wants to engage in uh, that he couldn't because of the the commitment he has to football. And then, of course, so like, so yeah, like, like hell yeah, Tom. Like, you know, people can say what they want, but he's the goat. So you know, enjoy yourself. You know, go on and, and just enjoy your life because you've earned it. You know, seven times Super Bowl champion. You know, just just you know, just to find time and. And everything with, with what he's done on the field. And, you know, people always talk about what a great teammate Tom is and whatnot. And then and then we find out a couple of days ago, you know, he does that show on, uh, what's that satellite show? He does with um, Larry Fitzgerald and Jim Gray. So then he goes on there, Frank, and said that, you know, that's how I felt now. And maybe in six months I might feel different. And it's like, oh, no. Uh, I know. Please don't. Uh, don't farve us. Please don't farve I, us. I read right before the show that Brady would love to play for 49ers was like a headline. Um, yeah, someone, uh, someone, there, you know. yeah, someone, uh, I think it might have been, uh, Cabo's brother Eric said that. Like, yeah, this is just a play. They're going to get rid of Jimmy G. They're going to bring, they're going to, they're going to swing some deal for Brady to go to, because, you know, Brady still doesn't have to go with the Bucks, right? Or was that, or was it, or was he a free agent? He, no, he's, he's a UFA. Free? I think he's a okay. UFA. Oh, so he is. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just swinging his deal. He's going to sign with the 49ers and end his career with his childhood team. I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> but, like, no, I, I, I think, I, I mean, who knows, but I mean, I just don't want to get farved over here, Frank. That's kind of what I want right. to say. It just, if you're going to go, please go. Don't give us this, this could be the year, this cannot be the year crap. Like, and then, you know, Favre K did come back and then, you know, had a couple years, but again, everyone for the most part, you know, other than maybe Elway or whoever, everyone's kind of stayed a year too long. And I was going to respect Brady. Like, Hey, he was going to, he might hang it up a year early, you know, go out with, you know, with the greatness on top. So I hope he sticks true to his word, Frank. To make things short here, I hope he sticks true to his word and I hope he stays retired and and he has nothing to be ashamed about. It's a great career, fantastic career, the best of mm-hmm. all time. So uh, as long as he stays retired, Frank, I love the story and uh, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I think the, you know the the yins are the yins are, uh, pettiness is a little little over the top, but uh, Ben and, and 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 Brady both are are true great ones. And uh, even if they share a year, can uh, I don't I, actually I, I told you last show. You know, I'll probably try to go to Canton when it's Ben's year. You know, I, I felt like I felt bad I didn't go when Bussy went in. Um, so yeah. Troy, I, I so. used to say I want to go when Paul Amalu and Bettis go in, but uh, never made but, it. <laughs> but awesome. Maybe, maybe we'll, if we're doing the show, maybe we'll do a podcast from Canton in yeah. five years. But I, I wonder too. The, the funny thing is, are, are so many Steeler fans going to go to that? And is Brady going to get like massively booed? <laughs> so, because it's going to be, well, a I huge... feel like there will be definitely a huge Boston presence there too. Yeah. Pittsburgh's so close in proximity that it's going to be a large Pittsburgh crowd there. Brady yeah. might, I mean, you know, if Pittsburgh, you know, and I'm sorry to say this, and I know you agree with me, a lot of this booze is, and I know you, well, you kind of go, you got to go, you got to go baby face on me by saying, you know, because of the, the cheating scandal and things like mm-hmm. that. But I mean, it, it, the reason Pittsburgh fans are mad at Tom Brady is because he's kicked their ass for all those years, yeah. and that's clearly why. Not because of all the stuff, you you know, you know what I mean. But oh uh, lordy, what's what's what next do? on the docket, Bronson? I what's the oh the, okay, so yeah, we need like know. a ding. We need like one of those ding <laughs> noises. Well, I would have been dinged like ten years ago. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next thing is the any we we're, we're going to make this an All Star recap, Frank. But I got to be honest, I didn't watch much of the All Star game. I saw highlights. I and Claude Giroux won the. Uh, the MVP award, which is funny because uh, I guess he, the guy who was set and drew up like a, like a, like a, uh, a jackal was Jake Gensel. So it was weird right. to see a flyer and a penguin playing together, but it's funny because Frank, and I'm kind of going off the woods here is because Claude Giroux actually kind of holds his fate here. Um, uh, you know, he's going to be a pending UFA. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Might get the, traded where the here Flyers are going to trade him. They said it's up to ultimately up to Claude Drew whether he wants to leave or not. Mm-hmm. But you know, does he want to maybe go to hop on a team? You know, like the, maybe like a team like the Rangers or something like that. Which I don't think they would trade him within the division. But still um, a big cap hit, so there'd have yeah. to be a third team involved to take some money or uh, or, or some cap retention there. Yeah, a lot I of think, people. I think he would bigger. ultimately have to be traded a team out west. I think for yeah. this to get done. Goes out and to get on the team, but um, yeah, Drew possibly could be be getting a traded, and I actually kind of want to go ahead before we go back to that, Frank. There's some news that's happened in the NHL. Maybe we'll go back to that because I want to say a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's this? Dominique Ducharney was fired by the Montreal Canadiens a couple of days ago. Frankie, former uh, scoring champ, Hart Trophy winner, and Stanley Cup winner, Martin Saint Louis, is now the interim head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. And this is funny. I mentioned before the show was started that. Their assistant GM is uh, well, their GM. I forget his name, but he's um he was Crystal Tang's old agent. But the assistant GM, I, uh, from what I was told, was was uh, Mark uh, Vinny Lecavalier. So you got that Tampa one-two punch in Montreal. But it's funny, Frank uh, Dominique Descharnes. He just led him to the Stanley Cup last year, and now he's lost his job. Uh, you know, hockey coaches is the shortest leash. Oh, but especially after after winning the cup. But but I get it. And then obviously a big reason is because Carey Price hasn't played this year in Montreal, mm-hmm. so. You know, that's a big deal, obviously. And they weren't a very talented team to begin with, you know, uh, with, with Price basically, you know, carrying them as much as he could. No carrying, no pun intended there. <laughs> uh, today, Frank and Dave Tippett was high, the former Penguin player and former Stars and Coyotes coach. And now today he's a former Oilers coach as he lost his job. And um, you start to wonder, Frank, you know, with, with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl there, They've gone through a number of coaches now, even probably more than Pittsburgh had during the, the beginning of the Crosby era. Mm-hmm. And uh, you start to wonder, Frank, who will be the coach and every the, the, the maybe who will be that coaching staff that maybe can get this team turned around. I mean, they've they clearly have a goaltending issue, and Smith has not been what he was last year. And I thought maybe last year was an anomaly for Mikey, uh, but they clearly haven't. Uh, Koskinen's been hot and cold. His his cap it's huge for them, you know. Thank you, Peter Shirelli, on that deal. Yeah. Um. Ken Holland, you know the 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 uh, the savvy vet GM there, you know. I don't know, Frank. You know, it's Edmonton's kind of felt like it's you know, it's it's been less than you know. You know they have they have the players. McDavid has his number two guy, and that's Drysital, and they're an incredibly talented team in terms of scoring. But uh, it's not enough. It's, it hasn't been enough, and they've only gotten by the first round, and so. You start to wonder, and you, even you kind of brought up Frank on our pre-show, but, you know, is McDavid going to stay his whole career there? So, Do you ahead. think uh, Joel Quenville is too radioactive to get, yeah, him, I, to get I another th- job? I think he's radioactive. I, I, yeah. Especially being the same season, I, I honestly can't see that. Yeah, well, I was thinking maybe the start of next no, year. No, no, no. I, I'm not judging you for saying that. I'm just yeah. saying I just don't see it happening. It's just a name that, you know, I could see. You know, they kind of – Sold their soul and bringing in a Vander Kane, so I'm yeah. Watching. But I think it's different than the alleged domestic abuse in terms and then covering up, you know, sexual assault. Yeah, I was, I was just throwing it out there. No, that's no, no. A, that's I'm glad name, you did uh, it, and 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 yeah. and I don't judge you anyway for bringing that up because it's something that people are going to ask. Yeah, and I I think if maybe a couple seasons had gone by, maybe because but I think even yeah. even, even after what happened at the uh, Blackhawks town hall meeting. Where Rocky Wirtz was, uh, he snapped at some reporters who had asked about what they were doing, you know, now in the organization to yeah. to, to prevent things, something like what happened to Kyle Beach from happening again. And he snapped and went off. And I guess maybe someone had gotten in his ear after that happened. Like, you have to issue an apology. Like, that was not 
that was yeah. not professional. They have that. to take their lumps, just like the Houston Astros. You know, had to take their lumps. You're going to have to yeah. answer the questions, and you gotta you gotta be ready for that. But uh, I, no, I do it, think there'll probably be a year that Q, I do think Frank at some point Q will be back in the league. I I, I think you know. Um, it just depends on what a team that's going to take that shot. Like you said, they're like, you know, the Oilers, the Oilers took the game one of Vander Kane, you know, but I don't think they take two chances this year with Quenville. Um, I don't know who the next coach will be. I assume they'll have, they'll have an interim guy. Yeah. And, and, and they, they missed out on Bruce Boudreau by a couple of months because he they, I mean, Claude, Claude Julien's out there. I mean, he's coaching team Canada now in the Olympics. Elaine Julien's Vigneault. Elaine Vigneault. Elaine Vigneault. Um, uh, Jeremy Colleton's out there. I, I I know I say this, but he's out there, and it's Mike Babcock. And yeah, he's also yeah, out there yeah. too. I mean, it's um. Do you go for that, or do you just find an upstart guy? I know another guy. I don't know where he's at right now. I'm gonna be honest. A guy who I love to see get an NHL shot. Maybe I'm being a little bit of a homer because I, you know, I worked for the for the organization. Was um, is is, is um is, is Chris Knobloch, the former coach of the Otters. He's he's had a couple stints as an NHL assistant coach, mm-hmm. and he actually has an NHL win to his credit. It was when um. Dan or uh, uh, Quinn from the Rangers had the COVID and he stepped right. in and got a couple. And so I love to see him get a shot to be a head guy in the NHL. I've always liked him as a, a coach, especially down the O and, and what he's done in the minor leagues and stuff. So um, if, you, no, uh, it's, it's, go if you, um, if you see Edmonton totally being just blown up and like there the, so many coaches, what do we do? Do you, could you ever imagine it? Is it possible that Connor McDavid requests a trade out of there? And where do you think he would look good? <laughs> I I think it's weird because I I do think eventually they start don't start winning. Here's the deal. This is the 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 the, the ugly truth, as I guess you would say. When you are McDavid and Drysdale, and you've taken the contracts you've taken, you have to take it the fact that the other team, the team's not going to have enough you know, with the cap situation. Mm-hmm. Isn't going to have the money to bring people in to facilitate it on you. You see, and I'm not saying that Crosby and Malkin are better because they took team friendly deals. But that's what gives you the room to go get other guys. Right. You, if you want to get paid, and Aaron Rodgers is finding this out too. He found this out too. If you want to get paid, that's great. Go get paid. But then you can't pay, and then for the for the sake of your part of my French, you can't bitch about teams not, you know, mm-hmm. them not being able to go grab other guys when you're you're the guy making the chunk of money. So I do agree with you. I said things will happen here. If you know, <clears throat> I don't think that you know. I think if things do fall apart, I think eventually, you know, especially both those guys wanting big money, maybe, you know, the talent ain't big enough for the both of us. And mm-hmm. I do think Connor McDavid ends at some point ends his career in Toronto. Those guys, those Ontario guys, they, a lot of those guys want to play in Toronto at some point in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it gets to the point, you know, when, when, like when Matthews, you know, Matthews would eventually leave Toronto. That'd be a way to, to slide McDavid in there. You know, who knows? I would say, you know, my one friend always says that he thinks at some point Austin Matthews will go back home and play for the Coyotes. Who knows? Yeah. Although he can be a Coyotes there when he becomes, right. when he wants to do that. So, um, but no, I don't know, Frank. It's, it's, uh, you know, you know, it's easy for Pittsburgh fans or people like people who won Stanley Cups fan, fan bases to thumb their nose at McDavid because he's not done in the playoffs. But, but it, it's you know it's, it's it all starts from above you know GM hockey ops coaching, um, they've had some of the best you know the quote unquote best GMs and and and, and top coaches. Dave Tippett's always I've always liked David at Dave Tippett as a good coach. He's always had some sort of success wherever he's gone, but um you know obviously it just isn't working and so you have to you have to go a different direction. So that's where that's at right there, Frankie. Um, kind of went on with uh, Cami Granado, Frank. Um, she was um. A scout with the Kraken, which was you know breaking barriers, being a you know you know her 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 Olympic you know hockey stats are you know goes without saying, 
And obviously her family, you know, the Granado family. But she was a scout with the Kraken. And Frank, she makes it half a year. And now she's been promoted by, uh, I can't say GMJR anymore. I said, what, V-P-O-H-O-J-R. Vice President <laughs> of Hockey Operations, Jim Rutherford of Vancouver. Uh, he hired Patrick Alvin, the former uh, interim GM of the Penguins and head scout to the GM there. And now Cami Granado is now promoted as the assistant general manager of the Vancouver Canucks, Frank. Um, you know, uh, definitely one, one of those uh, pioneering moves for for women in sport. And um, I think I think, you know, Cameron Granado and Frank, and not the, not the, uh, we got we got Sid coming to the bench. Here with, with the, yeah, it doesn't injury. look good. It's some, a leg injury. I hope it's nothing yeah. you know, long term. Maybe you blocked a shot or something. Who knows? But yeah. Um, Cameron Granada, it's a huge, and we know she she is a hockey knowledge, Frank, and uh, I think they'll do. Hopefully, they'll do well for 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 uh, Mr. Rutherford there in Vancouver. So a big move on that point. Yeah, and around the NHL too, um, we had uh, the All Star Game take place since the last time we met here on the show. And Bronson, you said you didn't catch a lot of it. I did, so I can I can comment. Um, you know, I, I've I've been a fan of it. I, it takes a lot of heat nationally. Um, the, the three on three, um, it's like, you know, four divisions, they split it up and do like a little semifinal, um, you know, this year, the, the, the Metro took on this, the, um, Pacific in, in the first matchup and the central played the Atlantic, um, the winners met for the, uh, the all-star game title, um, two penguins represented the Metro Jake Gensel and Tristan Jari both had pretty good showings. Uh, Gensel had a goal, a couple assists. Jari played the second period of both games. It was a two-period, uh, three-on-three, ten-minute periods. Um, Jari made some spectacular saves. Uh, got uh, got two wins because the Metro won the semi in the final, and he was the the goaltender a record. Um, so they took home the All-Star Game crown, uh, the Penguins division, the Metro, and uh, that that, um. got, that got every player. Uh, so it was in the offensive zone, a puck or something to the midsection. Yeah. Um, yeah. Each each player got ninety one thousand dollar bonus. Uh, so the the players had something to play for. They split a million dollar purse uh, between the nine guys. So yeah, I think Jake and, and Tristan got like a ninety one k. I think they got. Yeah, that's what, that's yeah. what it broke down to. But no, it was fun. They had the skills competition the night before, and that I did watch. That's that always did. a that's always a great event. And this year they gave it a Vegas flavor. A couple outdoor events, a uh, uh, an accuracy passing thing on the Bellagio fountain, and then the. Uh, <laughs> The, the the blackjack the hockey blackjack where they the shoot at cards and like build the twenty one it was kind of cool but uh, so that was fun the players were having fun with it the breakaway challenge Trevor Zekris uh, channeling as Peter Lafleur uh, from 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 dodgeball go down um, Lafleur <laughs> so it was it was a great event another one of those things that like you said gets hockey to reach out to like some new viewers some youth fans uh, some younger viewers get the get the game. Uh, Attracting some of them, but uh, um, the all the All Star game in Vegas, everybody said they hit a home run the whole weekend. Um, it was uh, the players seemed to receive it well, as did the fans. Um, so yeah, it was exciting, and I, I definitely tuned in for for both events. And uh, I thought the NHL handled it some very well. No, good, you know, all good points, Frank. And yeah, I heard good things. You know, you know, I was of the all. I like the skills competition. I don't really get too much of the game. It just doesn't do doesn't move the needle for me. Uh, but they obviously have it in Vegas, and uh, it looks like Crosby's back on the ice, Frank. So nice. not too bad. He's about to take the face off here. I guess but, um, I, I'm going to probably um, – we had this later down the line, but since we're in the NHL, I wanted to bring up uh, 
the uh, recent incident with Brad Marchand. Hold on, um, before you get to that, because I was okay. going to hit a couple of things before we get to that. Yeah, let's let's move let's keep let's move it up here. That's that's a good point. Okay. We're already talking hockey, so let's yeah, let's keep this good hockey talk going. But what else but did what, you have? Um, but I was going to say um, uh, oh, that's my thought. Oh yeah, so yeah, they did well in Vegas, and that was cool. And and uh, I was going to say um, not not to be homerish, but you know, that was awesome being in Vegas. I'm sure they probably wish it was there every year now. Yeah. But I still find it how weird that like Pittsburgh's not on anyone's radar about having an All Star game. Like, yeah, they haven't had one since ninety one. Yeah, Civic Arena. Oh, it was ninety, right? Yeah, and uh, it's like you know, I, I heard that them getting the new arena was they were supposed to get an All Star game very soon, but it's like they haven't. It hasn't even been considered. Like, I know they had the yeah, draft yeah. in twenty twelve. Yeah, but it's like they haven't even considered it. And well, I'm, I'm actually kind of, I'm actually kind of mad I didn't consider going out for when it was in Columbus. I yeah. I, I think when I, I couldn't make that work. I think with school and stuff, I couldn't make that work. But but um, I was I was mad I couldn't make it up to that. But it would I would yeah. I mean, it's when Pittsburgh hasn't been considered. It's you know, it was kind of yeah, yeah, you know, because they were promised that when they got the new arena. But anywho, that's neither near nor there. That's me just griping. But anyway, before we get to the Marshawn thing, Frankie, yeah, um, three names that have basically been the uh, the rumored in the NHL trade deadline. Um, we already kind of touched on Claude Giroux. Um, you know he's going to be a UFA, so you know, will will they move him? Like I mentioned earlier, I, I don't think I think they're just going to try to if they can get a Western Conference team to bite, go out there. They don't, they don't want him in the division. Hey, not that it really would matter because it, he'd probably just be there for the, the you know he's a runner guy at that point. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they want him in the division. I just don't think they want him anywhere near the division. Maybe somewhere in the Atlantic, but not in the Metro. Um, I can't even give you a team. Like I said, I, actually, like I said, I think he'd fit the Rangers, but I just don't think they would do that, or even he maybe he would do that. So. I don't know. Maybe you see a guy that maybe goes. I don't. I don't know what what cap situations are. So I, I'm not going to yeah. try to throw speculative teams out there. But you know, any any teams that maybe pop in your head, maybe about closure before I move to another guy. Well, it's hard to say. It's a, a team that could use center help. Um, I'm thinking Nashville. Yeah. Um, would be a good fit. They need help down the middle. Um, Minnesota is a contender. I, th- I was but, thinking Minnesota. Um, that could use help there. Um, he could also play the wing, so he could he could p- yeah. play anywhere. And like I said earlier, it's a, it's going to have to be a, a, a situation where the Flyers retain cap or get a third team involved because his cap numbers, I think, yeah, eight, I think eight, eight, or, eight or nine million. Um, but I think he does move. I think he cup chases. I think Mark Andre Fleury, if he wants, um, he's buried in the league because that's who I was going with next. <laughs> I think, yeah, I was. I Let's think get to Mark Andre Fleury, Frank, because we talked about it last show, and I was kind of on it. And I know I've been getting booed out of the building, Frank, because I've been pushing the Mark Andre Fleury to, to the Washington Capitals because they've been the most serious of the teams in the race about Mark Andre Fleury. Right. And so you know, this is this is I haven't went public with this, but I was going to write something on Facebook about this. But you know what? I got the the airwaves here, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> for the Penguins' chances to go far in the playoffs. I don't want this to happen. But for the pure sports anarchy of what would happen if it did happen, I kind of cheer would cheer for it. Because <laughs> what would happen if Flurry did go to Washington? The only two I wonder which of the two things would happen. And you know you're gonna laugh when I say this. Is Mark Andre Fleury gonna be the biggest deal in Pittsburgh for going to Washington? Or are the Penguins even going to be bigger heels because they quote kept the wrong goalie or let Mark Andre Fleury go? Which led <laughs> I think one of the two happened. I think there are people. I do, th- and I, and I think there is a group of those deranged fans that would just uh, declare allegiance to the Capitals because of Flurry being on there. 
Now, I've heard he's not, quote-unquote, comfortable playing with Washington. Mm-hmm. But he's saying that in the at that point he was saying at the end of January, nowhere near the deadline. It's looking more and more murky that the the Blackhawks are not gonna, they're going they're not going to be the playoffs probably. Yeah. So are you telling me if he can go there for four months and 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 get a cup possibly out of it? Because I don't think he's going to sign there. No. I don't. I would never think he's not going to sign there. But could he tolerate DC wearing the red, rocking the red and blue for four months? I think he could. Everyone's like, oh, but his family's a, a, a private flight from DC to Chicago is not a long trip. Yeah. You could make it happen. Now, it's whether he'd want to go there. And I don't know other teams that are in the running, too, Frank. I know if you're Colorado, you definitely think about it. I think he, he puts you right over the top. Colorado, probably, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a spot. Because, um, you know, Kemper is good, but is he a guy that they think that can uh, be the number one? I've I've mentioned Minnesota, but I know you like Talbot and Cac. Happen. I, I just don't think they, I don't think they, I, I mean, I know Billy G's there and Ray Shiro is the advisor there, but at that, that point, and you have Capo Kakin in there as well. And I, I think, the, I think they even have a third guy that's actually not too bad there either, uh, or has had NHL experience. But um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Mark, you know, you know Minnesota's not that far from Chicago either. So it's, it's something to make you think. Yeah, but I just like for, for the anarchy of, of Pittsburgh sports, I would love to see Mark Andre Fleury go to the Capitals. I don't want to see it as a Penguins fan because that could be that could be terrible, you know, if they had to face them in the series if they make the playoffs. And Mark Andre Fleury on the Capitals, you have to admit, Frank, Mark Andre Fleury on the Capitals makes them a bona fide top end cup contender. Like, like no team would want to see them in the playoffs. With that goaltending and Ovechkin playing the way he's playing, Frank is deep in thought. I think he's probably going for something here. No, I'm I'm trying to find a breaking news. Uh, oh no, something happened. Theme. Uh, see here, you want key minor? I got it. Hold on, key minor. Bronson has that one from from Colin Cowherd. I found like a CNN. You sound like yeah. You sound like you sound like Don Lemon or something or uh, <laughs> Cuomo or something. Hold on. Hold on. We always seem to get good breaking news during the podcast. Yeah, huh? like, I was thinking we would. I was thinking we might get Sid's five hundredth. We could get in the empty net here in a few minutes. But I'll find in like thirty seconds and just run with it. But but um, but but no. But I want to let me finish my thought before we go into that. Okay. But yeah, I mean, yeah. But Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, the, him going to DC would be hilarious. I obviously because, don't want it. I no I would, no no. It would make I, me cute. That is a pensament. I don't want to see it, but. But I just want to see when people lose their minds if he goes there, and I don't think he should feel bad if he wanted to go there. You know, he's he's not. You know, he's he what he did this time. Hey, it's in, a business. It's a business. I mean, it's a business, and he has a chance. He would have a chance to win a cup there. So, and give me another fifteen seconds, Frank. If I don't find it, I'm just going to point to you and just say it. Oh, hold on, here it is. It's right about and an ad, please. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's a recording by me, so it better not. Um, here we go. <laughs> go ahead. TJ Watt has been named Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I forgot that NFL Honors is on tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yep, and and, and well deserved. I'm, I was a little bit worried they'd give it to Trayvon Diggs uh, with the eleven inter- interceptions, but uh, but uh, yeah, TJ Watt cheated this year. 
DJ Watt finally gets that on his mantle. He's obviously, I think he's almost an MVP candidate because he kind of single-handedly got the Steelers to the playoffs this year. He, like, won them three games. But, um, yeah, well-deserved. Congrats, TJ Watt. His first, hopefully, of many defensive player of the years. It's tough when a league with Aaron Donald and, you know, a lot of good defensive players, I, he kind of was getting snake-bitten, but he takes it home this year. So during there a show, go. we get to announce it, Yep. TJ Watt, NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Congratulations to TJ and obviously representing the Steelers uh, organization. And the last name, Frank, I know we're still in hockey. I know we're moving mm-hmm. on here. The last name, Frank, is our old buddy and, my, and, and Bronsky's buddy, Phil Kessel. The Coyotes uh, may be willing to move Phil Kessel. So Yeah, another cap hit the tie, and he's, he's older now. The goal-scoring touch hasn't been there this year. He's got the assist numbers. Of course, a bad plus-minus in Arizona. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, a team that needs a hired gun, a power play guy, um, obviously the cup uh, experience with the the, the Penguins. Um, same thing is kind of what we said with Giroux, a team that they uh, uh, finds the cap room or a third team to split cap room with. Um, I mean, I could see L.A., Anaheim, those teams. Um, they they uh, Vancouver, the, the, all those teams kind of need a, they're all in the playoff hunt and kind of need a spark, you know, an offensive spark. Um, I think he, I, I don't know, he could come back east. I think he'd fit anywhere if, if a team could make the cap room work. Uh, a guy that I think is going to be good in the locker room. All the Yinzers are going to say come back here, but the Penguins are just such so right up against the cap. I'm looking at teams that have um, the um, cap room and not the cap room right now. And the same, like, I mean, Montreal. everybody could pull a, a, a Kucherov and just like, we're going to do it. With, <laughs> the Penguins are doing Ed, it with, with Zucker. Zucker's going to come back right for the playoffs. You know, look at like, see, this is, you know, Tampa. Tampa's up there with some cap room, Oilers, caps. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It'd be funny to see, but, and also Phil has that, he has that restricted movement. So, you know, obviously, he's got a team he wants to go to, but. Yeah. Yeah, I know Madden was going off about Phil. He's like, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just time for Phil to lock it up. It's just about <laughs> done for him, uh, you know. But who knows? But uh, those are the three I know that those are your kind of your lightning rods. And I'm sure there are some other people, obviously in the in the um, the trade deadline. But those are the ones that are kind of the, the big lightning rods. Mark Andre Fleury, I think, is probably the biggest one too, because there's some teams that are goaltending. Edmonton's another possibility too, Frank. Uh, maybe there, maybe Edmonton's a place for Mark Andre Fleury, you know. You know, be there for four. You know, maybe see, maybe if he goes up there, maybe he likes it up there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Frank. But um, obviously, we'll, we will de- delve more into this as we get more into the deadline. So uh, this is so, Frank. Go ahead. You start the next quick hit. Which has well, we had well, we had two more hockey things to do. Um, oh yeah, uh, Mar- we had to get the Marsh on Marsh and then just how the Pens have been looking. Those yeah. two things. So we've kind of read this on. So uh, I'll 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 I'll, I'll uh, sum up what the event is if you haven't watched it. Um, two nights ago in Boston, Frank, as we're recording, um, Penguins played the Boston Bruins, and um, a couple of situations happened with our our, uh, our buddy, Mr. Marshawn. First off, Tristan Jari, I think, on one of the off plays there, had the puck on the stick, and he was going to give it to a fan. He was going to flip the puck up to a fan, mm-hmm. and Marsh, this is like, was what, during a commercial or during an off yeah. play? And uh, Marshawn skated behind the net and knocked the puck off of Jari's stick. The puck flew in the air, and Marshawn caught it and skated <laughs> away with it and then threw the puck back down the ice. Right. So jerk moment number one of the night, jerk moment number two of the night. You remember this 
was him preventing um what's his name from going to get a stick on the bench. He was a right, and I I don't I I hated that because it's actually interference, and like I don't yeah. know why the refs weren't calling interference. He just yeah. like he 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 got in Crosby's way and wouldn't. Those said, I was pretty sure it yeah. said yeah, but his, his quote unquote buddy from Nova Scotia. Yeah, and so uh, and so. So Marshan present, prevents Crosby from getting the stick on the bench. Like he's literally like kind of doing the Sean Avery thing where he's just like skating in his path and not letting him get the stick. So jerk moment number two. And then Frank jerk moment number three, which would uh, caught the attention of the NHL um, was towards the end of the game there when Boston was trying to make a comeback. It was kind of out of sorts by then because uh, Russ had got the empty net by then. Um, there was the face-off in the Penguin zone and the stoppage. Now, apparently Jari and Martian had already had exchanges of words before, but after the one saved by Jari, Martian slips from behind the net, skates over, and punches Jari in the side of the head. Latang tries to retaliate. This is why I'm getting so sick of everyone saying that the Penguins are gutless and wouldn't retaliate. Latang yeah. is literally... His, and that was Latang's uh, uh, teammate in, in the War in the, in the Quebec League. They played together in the Quebec League. So Latang's trying to run at him. The referee's holding him back, and the referees are restraining other players from going after Martian and and trying to uh, solve other scuffles. So a lot of the Penguin players are being subdued by officials. And as this is happening, they're gonna pull Martian off the ice. I give him, I guess, give him a match penalty. He's being guided over to Tristan Jari, and he just yeah. takes a stick. He draws <laughs> and he slashes him in the in the. I couldn't believe stick. it. I, I couldn't believe it. The referee should not have had him near there. And, and then people were wondering whether or not there was going to be a suspension. And it did come down yesterday that there would be a six-game suspension. Frank, is there a penalty shot here? Or no? Um, they were just messing. The moorings, the the, oh. the the goal got knocked off weird, and they're trying to figure out where the face-off should be. Uh, one, just... one of the referees went down to, in, to Matt Murray and said something, so I didn't know yeah. what was going on. No, but anyway, so yeah, so uh, the, the judgment came down yesterday by player safety. Marshan's going to serve a six-game suspension. And I guess, yeah, that, that's fine. I mean, I don't know what more after that you want, but he is being punished for the for the act. I mean, just a complete just a complete loose cannon, just a complete, you know, Mike Wobin on PTS calling him a thug, you know. Yeah. You know, he's too too great of a player to start to be act, doing thuggery of, like, of this nature, you know. But um, I know every Penguin says that, you know, you get, you get angry. He's just stupid, and he, he could have possibly injured Tristan Jari. Frank, mm-hmm. he's playing some of his best hockey. So you know that, that that puts the kink in all of that too. I don't I don't know unless you're from Boston. I don't see how any any person can defend what Marshawn did. You know some you know even John Butchergrass tweeting is oh maybe he must have said something to set Marshawn off. You know I don't care what what he said. You know to, to, to merit that kind of a um, you got a breakaway. There you go. It's gonna be Rust. Sid's not gonna get the uh, five hundred. Yeah. Sid finds Rust just like the other night. There so you go. May have, so I'll be two we'll nothing wait. there in Ottawa. That'll be it. Probably gonna have to wait till Saturday night to see. Good. I, I, I know it would have been great for the show to get for Sid to get five hundred tonight, but I this crowd doesn't deserve a five hundred goal. There's no Ooh. one in the crowd. Sid Sid blocked that one. Well, he's doing it on uh, just two hundred foot game. Yeah. No, I don't want Sid to get his five hundred goal. In this there's no crowd. The, the COVID <laughs> things up in Canada. There's no one in the crowd. Should not be a five hundred goal there. So good. We'll get it at home. Get it with some of this crowd there. But I don't know who they play Frank. next. Um, so your, your thoughts on that? I didn't, I didn't get a chance to get well, to Marshan's a guy much like Tom Wilson. Uh, you know, those two guys have just been idiots for the last number of years. Um, 
hate the way both of them play. They, they, you know, they're, they're agitators. They're, they're, they're guys. I know it's part of the game, but these are, those are two guys that take it too far. Shut out for Casey to Smith. Well done. Yeah, good for him. Another, another big win. But um, I thought the NHL could had another chance to throw the book at the guy. I think they could have given him 10, 15 games um, and really make a point. Cause until they start to do that and hit these guys in the pocketbook and hurt their teams in the standings, um, it's not going to deter this behavior. So I really thought since he is a repeat offender, his eighth suspension, um, I thought he should have got uh, double digit games. Um, you know, Wilson pulled that crap in New York last year where he threw Panarin around like a rag doll and didn't get anything. Um, the, the NHL has really come down really soft on these guys. Um, Marchand, this is a guy who licked the player in the face. Like he's got serious issues. I think he's got some, (laughs) he's some type of, he's like some type of sociopath with, you know, some type of mental disorder, like to, to do some of the stuff he does, you know, is just insane and out there. And it's not, it's not a part of the sport. And uh, yeah, the referees should not have had, like, they really should have subdued him and took him out of the, out of the area, not let him kind of skate on his own right in front of Jari and, you know, I think the the Penguins turning the other cheek really, really looked highly of this organization and that team. But uh, boy, it would have been nice to just see. You know, I I thought about what Eric Goddard did that one time. Like, I I wish we just had a guy leave the bench and just absolutely just destroy him and leave leave Marchand like a bloody mess because like he needs something like that to happen to him. You never know, Frank. I mean, they they play Boston a couple more times here, so it's just, maybe the, maybe it's, someone holds this over. And, and you know that would be him winning. He which he would get off on that because he got under your skin enough for for you to do that. But it would have been nice to just and the Penguins don't have a tough tough guy on the team. No. but like. I don't, you know, back in the day, if like, Brian Boyle is the only guy that really does that kind yeah, of stuff. If, if Gary Roberts is on this team or somebody like Brad Marchand would be left in a puddle of blood. Like you just, I, I, I really wish there was some type of Eric Goddard type guy that, you know, under the table, the Penguins tell him, you know what, we'll pay your fine and it's all, it's all good. Leave the bench, get the 10 game suspension. You're a fourth liner anyway. I think it's like an automatic 10 game suspension if you leave the bench. Yeah. But, that, that, that whole debacle in, the, in New York, that was like, that was like, remember, remember that, uh, tr- uh, was it Trevor Gillies, who was an awful oh, player? He, the punching of Tan Grady, the Tan Grady's concussed on the ground, motionless. Oh, and Gillies is punching him like. Oh yeah, it's funny because he was on, he was on spit, he was on spitting chiclets with um, with Biz and Wit, and they and and Bissonette asked him about that because if you remember, Bissonette was the, that was when he came back with the organization. You remember he went to he went to Phoenix to play with the Coyotes, but he'd been yeah. woke or something at that point. He was with the organization. Uh-huh. If I could bring the, if I literally knew the the entire minute to bring the clip on, Bissonette tells tells him right to his face. He goes. He goes, he goes, you're an effing clown for doing that. Like, yeah, there was yeah. A, and he was like, he goes, I don't care what you say. He goes, I don't care what you say, Biz. He goes, mm-hmm. they were talking trash to our guys, and and Tan Grady was running his mouth. He goes, <laughs> and I heard he's, he goes, I know he's a good kid, but I hear he's a good kid from people who play them. He ran his mouth and stuff, you know, about something. <laughs> And then it's like, and then it's like, Biz is like, okay, I can't get that, but was it really worth, you know, cross checking from behind and smashing his head off the ice and all that stuff? He's like, I'm just standing up for my my guys, and I would do it again. And he goes, and I don't care if anyone's mad. They're those keyboard warriors. They can just fight me, fight me somewhere. <laughs> like a true Neanderthal would respond. 
Yeah, so. that, that's a good word. That's what Marshand is. He acts like a Neanderthal out there. And I, I mean, I yeah. hope six games stings enough where he might change his tune. But I think like ten or fifteen. What I think I think they'll try to appeal it too. I think they'll try to appeal it to get less games. But um, no, that was... I, I I think the Bruins organization should tell him like, but they're but you know what the Bruins organization is no better either because Phil Bork tweeted the other day or yesterday. That he, I guess, you know, like Jack Edwards happened to come out of the booth or something right after they did oh, the game. God, there's another and I one. guess he like literally said, he goes, he goes, I guess he walked down to Edwards and was like, come on, even you have to think that's too far. And he just <laughs> wouldn't say anything. He's like, walked away. Well, He's like, come on, man. Bruce Cassidy was livid afterwards. So maybe it'll finally come to a point where his own coach yells at him. And his own team needs to maybe police it and say, what are you yeah, doing? So I mean, I think the organ- yeah. I think the organization should like the organization should say we're not going to appeal this like we, like like or, well, I guess like yeah. it'd be through the PA but but like don't appeal it like 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 you're gonna you're gonna face action if you appeal this because you you are you know you, you're you're a thug for doing that but you know we're a bunch of Pittsburgh guys saying that but Frank I don't care which you what fan you were there's no way you can accept that you know guy punching your goal in the side of the head and taking a stick to him and all that stuff. Right. The guy's an idiot, and you know what? Hopefully, maybe Pittsburgh does have something planned for him. You know, there's two more times they're going to play Boston right. at least. So who knows what's going to happen there, Frank? One good um, thing that, that I mean, th- despite the Marchand incident, the Penguins picked up a, a big win in Boston the other night, and they which they really ever do. They really ever win. A yeah, ball. right. And they piggyback it tonight as we were recording with the win in Ottawa. So two big road wins after the Penguins had lost four straight. Yeah. Now, albeit they lost three of those in overtime, so they picked up three loser points, but. It was good to. It was maybe good that all star breaks what they needed, Frank, to kind of get a little bit of a yeah, rest here and get. It was, it was good to kind of put a stop to the four game. No Gino three, either, right? Malkin's out with COVID protocol. Yeah. Um. So yeah, four. Uh. After the four game little mini skid, they they pick up two big road wins now, and Crosby is in the pursuit of five hundred. So that's what to watch for now. I did want to look up who they played next to see. Kessel's, it, Kessel's also chasing four hundred, I think, too. Is he on three ninety nine? Yeah, yeah, he's close to four hundred. The yeah. Penguins' next scheduled game is not until Sunday, and it's in New Jersey. So it yeah. might. It might come Sunday afternoon on Super Bowl Sunday. There, watch oh, that. Wow, think about that. The one thirty start, so we'll be able to watch. Well, some it. of these games are what. So some of these games were manipulated or remade because of the, um, like games moved in the the co the Olympic break. True. And then yeah. the, if he doesn't get it Sunday, they are home to fill it against Philadelphia Tuesday. It'd be nice to do it. Uh, so I don't no. know. I don't know if he can go three games without. Or, they I know. But the Pens, the Pens have been looking good, and they are right there in the Metro process with Carolina and the Rangers. Now, Carolina, and now has, they're going to start playing those teams too. Right. So now we're getting a head-to-head games, Frankie. They, they have eight left to go in the final thirty-five games or so against New, New York and, yeah. and Carolina. So it's yeah. and three with Boston still. So the schedule gets tougher. And but the Penguins have have padded some points. They've beaten the teams they should have. That little skid, they probably should have beaten Seattle and Detroit, but. Um, it is what it is, and you're not going to win them all. But the Penguins are solid in the playoff spot. Points out of them too, which is good. Yeah, I mean, we have a solid playoff spot right now. I think they're like 12 or 14 ahead of Columbus, who's like in ninth place, or Detroit or Columbus. So the Penguins are looking like a, barring a catastrophe, you're going to make the playoffs. And um, you know, do, do they try to get crafty at the deadline? I I would I would like to see it if they can get a team to. You know, eat some cap room like the Brassard deal a few years ago, and bring in a a semi big name. Um, do they try to move a guy like Pedersen or Zucker, like I've been calling for, to get a big name, um, or do they just keep Zucker and Malkin on like a? Well, Malkin's going to be back. It's only COVID, but do you keep somebody like a Kucherov 
deal and uh, keep somebody out until the playoffs to bring in somebody else. Um, I know a lot. I know a lot of hockey experts are saying maybe they should move Kapanen. Yeah, Kapanen is a guy that makes three, four million. That just hasn't seemed to be a great fit here. Um, might might be able to spread his wings somewhere else. I heard an uh, interesting rumor, and the Penguins and Flyers would never trade. But um, Kapanen going back to play where his dad played and where he kind of grew up, uh, going going over to Philly in a deal. Maybe you could bring like a Giroux back to Pittsburgh. It would be interesting for a for a Kasperi Kapanen and, and others. That would be oh, a I'm crazy sure. trade. I'm sure the uh, the Yinzer Nation would love that. <laughs> but um. No, yeah, I don't know, Bronson. I'll let you tie a bow on hockey and just let. No, on that was it. I just want to. The want to mention is I know that the you know, I know the NHL had been in talks with some of these Canadian teams about um, Casey is with eight shutouts by the way surpasses Johan Hedberg for uh, for <laughs> six in uh, Penguins history. That's crazy. Jari's ten, Murray and Les Binkley eleven, twenty two for Tom Barrasso and Mark Andre Fleury, the all time leader with forty four. Those are Jari, season. Jari will be climbing that list soon enough. Hopefully, yes. I love the double numbers, oh, like 11, 11, 22, <laughs> Right, I know. But, uh, but, but no, no, I would say to finish my thought, though. Um, I know uh, Canadian teams are talking to the NHL about the, if the uh, COVID restrictions do not lift in Canada about them playing their games in the USA. So that's something to think about, too. Like, where would they play the home games at, you know? Would you get, you know, would you get a Buffalo hosting more games? Would you get a Minnesota? Got teams near the border, maybe. Detroit's right by Windsor, so maybe a couple games at the. Well, I said the, during COVID, I said that Milwaukee and Cleveland are big enough cities and with big enough arenas. That if you want to look at AHL cities, um, Cleveland and, and Milwaukee, those are huge markets that have major sports teams. Um, the of course the Milwaukee Bucks have the arena, the Cleveland Cavs have the arena, the the Milwaukee Admirals and and Lake Erie Monsters, Cleveland Monsters uh, of the AHL play. Maybe there. Erie gets a game. Yeah, there's there's big enough arenas out there that teams could host if they if they wanted to have like little sister cities. Uh, It'd be cool to have it in little cities that. too, because you could probably boost their economy, even if there's, they're not teams they cheer for. You know, a te- like Erie, your Erie's, your Flint, Michigan's. He's like, you know, they, they might pull some. They pull oh some heck more. yeah! If you bring McDavid and the Oilers playing against Montreal and Milwaukee, I think that would get a crowd. So. Again, as I'm still touting Erie, right? McDavid returned to Erie. It'd be great. That's an Oiler. I'd like to see it, but um, oh, Erie, Erie's ready to elect me mayor after saying that. I'm, <laughs> I'm there. They're ready to elect me mayor. Bringing McDavid back as an oiler. That'd be great. But uh, no, Frank, that's all I had to say. So maybe a chance the, the, the Canada to play some of their home games in America with uh, the COVID restrictions in, in Canada. I wanted to go next to some Olympic coverage, Bronson. Um, ah, look who's ready. <laughs> I am Frank Conti, your correspondent for the 2023 Winter Olympics in Beijing. I come to you live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, not Beijing. But I have been watching the Olympics a little bit, Bronson, and I've just been tuning in at night. You know, there's tape delay. It's over in Beijing, so not always live. But yeah, we're about a week in now with, uh, you know, three three weeks to go maybe, and uh Already handing out some hardware. We've seen Nathan Chen, America's golden boy, um, men's figure skater, disappointed in 2018 in Pyeongchang. Um, I think he had a fall and, and, and didn't medal that year. Well, he had just a nearly flawless um, short program. I think he had this, the, the highest score ever recorded. Um, 
coupled that with his free skate and took home the men's individual gold. So congratulations, Nathan Chen and, and the USA for that one. Uh, Chloe Kim took home gold in, in snowboarding already for the women. She repeats as she won in 2018 where she become everybody's she became everybody's darling at 16 years old. She's back at age 20, um, taking home gold again. Um, the curling has been going on. The U.S. men trying to defend there. Um, hockey's underway. U.S. women, Canadian women on a crash course again. It looks like for a gold medal game. Those are the they're they're the upper echelon two teams. A big injury though. Uh, I, I forget her name, but the U.S. lost one of their top players. I think she's out for the tournament, injured in the first game. Um, so that might give the edge to Canada. The men, Bronson, you know, very very tough pill to swallow as it's no NHL guys. Um, we were so excited to see Crosby and McDavid on the same line, possibly. Um, this it was going to be, you know, Crosby yeah, against. I'm sorry, Mar- <laughs> I can't get excited for Daniel. Can't, can't watch. Can't. You can't watch. I mean, the men's tournament has a bunch of minor leaguers, European play, like league players, college players. I mean, it is cool that Maddie Beniers and Matthew Knees and Brendan Brassard are there. Brendan Brisson. Um, and then Owen Powers and, and, and Mason Marchment. Um, it would have been kind of cool to see more junior guys go because we kind of got the world juniors taken away yeah. from us. It would have been cool to see like the Olympics kind of be the world juniors, which they may still try to hold in the summer, I heard. They might try to do it again. But, um, but yeah, the Olympic hockey, I'll tune in if it's on. I'm not going to like search yeah, it out. I know, um, I know uh, Jesse, you know, our classmate, the mayor of Wampum, and we, him, him and I were talking to Facebook. Yeah, Jesse. And he was uh, talking about how uh, some of the there's a lot of U.S. talent playing in, for China, not just in hockey, but other sports too. Like Chris Chelios's kids playing for China, I guess, because he played in the Chinese league there or whatever. Yeah, that's they, sort get, of they get citizenship by playing for that team, the Kunlun Red Star. They put a team in Beijing in the KHL yeah. four or five years ago. They have a, a team there. So if you play on that team, yeah, Brandon Gipps on that team. He's he's put, spent some time in the NHL. I, it's yeah. it's pretty funny, but uh, they they actually it doesn't bother me. I mean, yeah. we're not like I told Jesse. It's like we're not we're not fighting. No war here. It's sports. No. It's hockey. I'm it's, cool with it. Well, the host automatically gets a slot in the tournament, and China's not a hockey hotbed. So, yeah, U- U.S. actually played them today and beat them eight nothing. China's not expected to do very well. They'll play their their three preliminary round games and get knocked out. So they'll have to play yeah. Canada, that's Canada, like, the U.S. and Germany, and that's like Pyeongchang when they had the uh, the, uh, the 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 South Korean team, right? So that, yeah. that was the most famous players were the coaches. Jim Pack and uh, Richard Park. <laughs> there, there was a lot. There was a kind of a, 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 a there was a movement for like the Chinese team to 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 bow out and let Norway in because Norway was the thirteenth team out that got like that got relegated um, to use a soccer term and, you know, China not being able to compete at all. Norway would at least, you know, field a decent team. Um, but China chose to stay in there as host, which is their right and, and field a, a men's and women's hockey team that are probably going to get, you know, blown off the ice. But yeah, the hockey tournament Bronson, the, um, I'm going to root for the U S and see they have David Warsawski, former penguin, former uh, Wilkes-Barre captain. Um, you know, like I mentioned, some of the young players, Baneers, um, real, really no other names that you can even recognize. Just a lot of like former fourth liners in the NHL, former college players, guys that have been washed up and gone overseas. It's just kind of a really 
you know, not intriguing roster. It would have been great to see NHL players. One thing that, you know, because COVID and the rescheduling messed up uh, the NHL players participating, Gary Bettman at the All-Star Game press conference said that he is really considering and, and it's looking good for a 2024 World Cup. So they may bring back the World Cup of Hockey in 2024 Okay. Um, with NHL players in North America, um, possibly in a February break, um, but I think it probably suits better in the summer, you know, not to disrupt any player season or risk injury mid-season. So I would think you'd see it in the summer of 2024. Um, so maybe, you know, I was worried because come 2026, you might not see Sitter Gino anymore in the Olympics. Yeah. So maybe if it's in 2024, one more big World Cup, um, we'll get to see all of our favorite players still suited up one more time for their for their countries. But no, tune in and check it out. A lot of good sports to come. You know, Bronson was saying he he saw some of the luge and bobsled. Yeah. That's always downhill skiing is fun. So yeah, I watched a little of the curling, uh, mm-hmm. but mostly I've been watching the luge, the single one and team luge. And a big shout out to and then obviously not listen to the show, but um, a, a guy I've been. Uh, uh, trumpeting is one of my favorite announcers. Uh, Lee Diffie is doing the luge. He's the Australian guy, Frank. Uh, he's fantastic. Lee Diffie's awesome. And um, he uh, he did F1 for NBC Sports when they had the F1 deal there. Um, he's the IndyCar main play-by-play guy. He's done some NASCAR. He does track and field. He's done other sports for NBC. He does motocross, uh, MotoGP biking. Um, but he's tremendous. And he's so passionate about wh- whatever he's covering. He has his catchphrase, bring the action. Uh, but he's done really well in the Olympics. He's done he's done the past Olympics too. But um, just it's cool to hear Diff because you know I always if I hear him I think it's it's motorsports time which it's mm-hmm. it's coming soon. He does IMSA as well the the Rolex twenty four and all that stuff. But it was cool to hear him do hear him call the luge and he gets so he gets so he get he loses himself in, in what he's covering and and really embraces the stories of the athletes and whatnot and so. It's cool. It was cool to hear Lee Diffie. He's been getting me through work this week. We we're allowed to have it on the TV at the bank, so that's where I've been watching it while I'm at work, you know, doing stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, and and I know there's been a lot of knock, you know, whatever about um, the Olympics not generating ratings and things like that, and uh, and uh, I get that, but I mean, the Olympics are still the Olympics, Frank, and uh, I think in general, I'm I'm not going to get on my high horse here. I, um, maybe when we, if we do the the when we get the uh, NLN Sportscast blog page, whatever, I can post what I posted a couple weeks ago. But I just feel like, in general, Frank, in terms of sporting events in general, um, you know, COVID 19s kind of affected how people have consumed sports and also the streaming media. You know, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no back in the day, Frank, when we were like, you know, elementary school kids and we, you know, your parents were like, oh, you know, Channel 11's on or USA's on, uh, uh, what's on what's going what's on this channel now we mm-hmm. know, you know with guides and things like that now with streaming media you know you know you know, our parents when we were kids you know hey what's what's this show on nbc now it's you know i'm putting on netflix and i'm gonna watch ozark i'm putting on amazon right. prime and i'm gonna watch you know pam and tommy just for me i want to check that out you know things like that you 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 want you already know what you're gonna watch and i think too during covid you know People, you know, there was no, there was a lull in sports. There was a lull in entertainment, Frank, and people found other things to do and took up other hobbies. And, and some of those people just didn't come back, you know. And, uh, and like I said, and, uh, I mentioned this. I compared it to when, when I watched the, um, and you're gonna laugh when I mention this, the history of soaps. Uh, ABC did that documentary history of soaps, and primarily what killed it, the soaps was the OJ trial. 
you know, there was no soaps for a whole year thanks to the OJ trial. <laughs> and there wasn't just because yeah. every channel had the, had the trial coverage. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, A, people found something else to do, you know, whatever they went to the Y and joined a basketball club or they went mm-hmm. swimming and and then when things came back, they still kept doing what they were doing. And uh, or a lot. What really happened is the 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 thirst and appetite for reality TV took over. So no one wanted to watch, you know, the the uh, artificial drama where they can have the real drama. So that's what kind of killed soap operas was the OJ trial and wow. America's lust and thirst for reality television. And so it's kind of the same with Frank with with COVID. I mean, you know, we're not trying to be the COVID show here, but. It's it's ultimately what's going to be, Frank. You know, people got away from sports. People got away from other things, and there's just so much media and so much stuff for us to consume that, you know, you're not going to have this big rating. I don't think in anything, Frank, other than maybe the Super Bowl or like you know, the the World Cup or WrestleMania or something like that. Those big events where it's worldwide, you're not going to have big you're not going to have big ratings anymore, Frankie, because there's so much there's so much media for us to consume. You know, the NLN podcast. <laughs> Another way for people to consume media, you know, fill with the blanks with whatever you want to watch or listen to. There's so much out there, and both of us. I'm not going to get morbid here, but like, you and I are like going to die, no, not consuming, you know, things maybe we wanted to consume because there's just so much out there. Mm-hmm. Everyone's a creator now, so I don't. Excuse me. That that's just the way it is in the Olympics, you know. Like not, and the thing is too, Frank. Like you said, and Mark Madden said this the best, and I I I love listening to him. He cracks me up. There's no like, there's really no carrot for the United States to chase anymore. It's like you know we're the we're the we're the evil empire now. It's not you know, you know, it was Russia or if it was whoever, it was China or Japan or you know whatever. Fill the blank in UK, Germany, whatever. We're the we're the evil empire now, and it's like you know, and, and I'm not like I'm not trying to make this political, but like you know, like Madden said as a joke, he goes, there's there's less there's less of pride and 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 got a country and flag in sports now. He goes. You probably get. You will probably get more ratings if you set a Biden team and a, and a, and a Trump team to the Olympics. You know, what I mean? like instead of a Team <laughs> America, like because there's there's it's everything's red versus blue now, and mm-hmm. it's disgusting. And then that's that's a, that's another opinion for another show, but but that's what it is now. So, I mean, you have to tip your hat to these athletes, and like you said, Frank, I haven't been watching, and and I'm sorry, just I'm really not interested in. I'm certainly not interested in hockey with, you know. Like, you well, know, tonight, the... Bronson, you have a chance if you're up late, if you're a night owl like I know you are, 11 o'clock, the women's hockey are in the quarterfinals. So check out the What women's. time is that on? 11 o'clock on USA. Okay, I might, I might, you know, I'll probably be up, you know, in a little bit here. I might, I might try to grab that. But, but I mean, it's just, you know, because the, the women are fantastic. And I, you know, but again, the women, it's them in Canada and no one else. Like, it is, yeah. no one else has a chance other than US and Canada. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad the Olympics are there, Frank. And, you know, my, my heart is out for the athletes. Everyone affiliated with the United States of America, and go US Sunday, go every. You know, it's everyone be safe. You know, and, you know that's all I care about. Everyone being safe. Everyone, no tragedies, no injuries, nothing. Everyone competing, the best athletes in the world. But I just am personally not interested, Frank. And and and, and that's one thing I like about doing the podcast is if I don't, I don't have to watch things to you know <laughs> we don't have to to task ourselves. You know, if someone's paying me to do this, then, then yeah, I'll watch the Olympics. But um, but no, Frank, absolutely. Um, you know, congrats to everyone you just mentioned who've done well. And the next, I gave a shout out to a, an announcer, but Lee Diffie's so awesome. I wish 
nationally he got so much more their uh their men's hockey guy dominic moore is really good oh yeah i saw dominic on on really good like their um former penguin yeah new york ranger he he's uh doing the men's hockey uh and he's he's outstanding too i saw what's your name uh, is that with nbc Lindsay zarniak she's the former former fox uh she's there but now one more topic left in our uh in our rapid fire, because we were because we made like three topics into one, and not and that was my I, this is my point to cover, Frank. I'll give um, NBA to, trade today. Well, that. Oh, I got yeah. There's two topics left. I forgot about the NBA trade. And then we have NFL coaching. So. Oh yeah, I I thought that was separate by itself. So today, Frank, I guess was the NBA trade deadline, and um, and you know we got to kind of the cover because it is sports, and Frank and I really aren't big NBA guys, but um. NBA is what moves the. I mean, you could basically say they're they're they are the de facto number two sport in America. You know, they're more popular than baseball and hockey is the National Basketball Association. Um, but no, Frank, uh, there were some big deals that happened. Um, trying to get the actual like um, technical uh, trade partners here. Obviously, the big news today was. Uh, James Harden going from the uh, Brooklyn Nets to the Philadelphia 76ers. That brings um, Ben Simmons back. Um, looking for it right now. Here we go. So, yeah, the Brooklyn Nets and the Sixers agree to a trade. Um, James Harden and Paul Millsap go from um, Brooklyn to Philadelphia, with Philadelphia sending um, Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond, and, and Seth Curry, Steph's brother. Uh, played for the Erie Bayhawks of the NBA DL for a while there, Frankie. So I'm familiar with Seth there. And two first-round picks going back to the Nets in that deal, Frank. So they get rid of Harden, they get uh, and they get um, Simmons and Drummond and Curry and two picks back. So Harden wanted to go play Philadelphia. He's going to get a chance to do that. Um, I believe, what, Christoph Porzingis was traded from the Mavericks to the Wizards. Um, that was a big deal. Um there was another big deal I thought was good too. I think the poor Ziggs still was the other one. Um, yeah, that's about it. So for sure, I mean, the 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 Harden trade was the one that that shocked the uh, the core of the NBA. So I don't know. I got to be honest. I don't know where the NBA is or the standings are. But obviously, it's a big deal for the Nets. They're probably going to be a big presence. And Ben Simmons has not played at all this year with the, the Sixers stating, I guess what mental illness he hasn't even played for the Sixers he's been wanting out so he gets a chance to go play and Harden's in Philadelphia this is what Harden's like what third or fourth team I mean I'm not trying to make him you know I'm not trying to you know label people things but I feel like if you're moving teams that many times Frank same with Westbrook you know these guys have got to you know you know (laughs) they have expiration dates apparently so that's about enough as I don't try to pretend like I know a lot about basketball. Maybe someone could be a guest on the show and maybe educate Frank and I about the NBA. And, and it's tough because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the 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 debate show is kind of mentally wear you out on the NBA because it's always about insert star player's name is not happy playing here at once. And, and they get, you know, the NBA, Frank, you know, it's a player-driven league. Players get to pick where they go, and if they're not happy, they make it known and and – that's kind of what I really don't like the NBA, and it's kind of it's kind of alienating me as a sports fan that I feel like they're trying to make the NBA the NFL like that too. It's like oh, just pick where you want to go play at it, and it's like, you know, there, there's certain reasons why there's drafts and you know there's caps and and things like that. It's to create parity, to create 
competition amongst many teams and leagues. But if you just have guys just getting to pick and choose where they want to go, like, oh, you go, and then I go, and we make a team here, and we dominate everyone. It's like, that's great. You know, it's good for the player, I guess, to get the money they want and the championships they crave. But what ultimately does it do for the league, for the viability of the league and or its fans, sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. So, Congratulate, you know. Hey, you know, if you're if you're a Nets fan and you're exact, you're happy you got Ben Simmons. Congrats. If you're a Sixers fan and you got Harden, congrats. And you know, hope things happen for the. Hopefully, we get a good playoffs because I do try to watch the NBA playoffs here and there. Frank, uh, their playoff system is pretty nice. Although we both know the hockey has a much better playoff, uh, you know, scenario. And Charles Barkley is the first to tell you that. So, so in case all the NBA guys want to jump on my back, Charles Barkley says that the hockey playoffs are much better than the NBA playoffs. So there you go. Yeah, it was. And by, a, the way, and by the way, Frank, let, let me use this NBA platform to uh, to to bring wrestling in. I thought it was kind of cool. Big shout out to Charles Barkley because he, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago on, on his NBA show on TNT, um, you remember, uh, you know, John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose with WWE, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, had uh, um, problems with alcohol, and he voluntarily checked himself into rehab and things like that and he did it voluntarily he wasn't forced into doing it he did it because uh, he didn't like the life he was living at that point or how he was feeling so it was cool charles barkley uh, on on the nba on tnt i guess gave a shout out to him john and AEW's on the same network as tnt you know as, as the nba on tnt so it was cool for charles barkley to reach out to him and say hey you know this guy this guy, this guy john moxley who's on aew on our network you know I just want to send a well wish, well wishes out to him. You know, he's fighting this addiction. He's it's tough. It's affected my family. This and that. So a big shout out to him. I hope he's doing great, and I hope his family's doing great. So it was kind of cool. And, and uh, John Moxley's re- married to Renee Young. You know, she was in WWE. She's not there anymore. She's kind of doing her podcast thing and other media ventures. But um, yeah, she had Charles Barkley on her recent podcast, uh, Oral Sessions. So cool for cool for Charles Barkley to give a little shout out to wrestling. I thought it was kind of cool. I've always been a fan of Chuck. I don't know how you feel about him, Frankie, but oh, me too. I'm, yeah, big, I'm I've big always been a Chuck guy. I, I met him at Maryland Muse Golf Tournament, and uh, he was real funny. And yeah, I just don't get how people don't like him. I think he's funny. Yeah, he says things. He always says you know, he was always he was the first guy to say I'm not a role model. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. I don't live my life to be someone's role model. I live the life the way I want to. And you know, whether you like what he says or like what he doesn't say, he uh, he's always walked to the beat of his own drummer, and he says what he feels and. Uh, He's an entertaining cat, and I've always liked Charles Barkley, even as a kid. So, just thought I'd throw that out there, Frankie. Personally, you know, since it's our airwaves, it was cool for him to reach out, you know, and acknowledge uh, the battle that John Moxley was dealing with. And now, John Moxley's been back on AEW wrestling, and he looks fantastic. Looks like he's like gotten ten years younger. You know, he just looks fantastic. So, best of luck to him and everyone and anyone who's kind of fighting that kind of uh, a substance addiction, like alcohol or whatnot, and even more. So, as long you know, if you have the willpower to want to fight it, you know, my hats off to you. But um, yeah, Frank, to kick it off. I guess we'll get to the main event here in the NFL, the sport that moves the needle. I think I'm putting Frank to sleep. It looks like he's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting him to sleep. <laughs> no, but let's do the NFL. And actually, Frank, let me lead off too. Let's do the um, the championship recaps because I feel like Frank may have watched the NFC game more, but I was more into the the, the Bengals Chiefs. And uh, we, we won't give you the the ten minute knockdown, but um, I also wanted to say what I thought maybe was um, the factor what happened. But anywho, the 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 Sunday that the championship game sun, the weekend was uh, started off in the afternoon. Frank, the Cincinnati Bengals traveled to 
Arrowhead Stadium thing on the Kansas City Chiefs. Keep in mind, uh, Cincinnati had beaten Kansas City early in the year, although that was in Cincy, as you corrected me on last show. Uh, so they, this would be on Kansas City's turf. Um, and it did not look pretty at the start, Frank. <laughs> we nope. thought this 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 is going to get ugly real quick. Uh, we thought it would, and uh, and it did. It did in the beginning look look that way. So, um, and I'm trying to find my because it's been you know almost two weeks since the games happened. Kansas so, City did uh, you know they stormed out to a 21-3 lead. I knew they had at least yeah, three touchdowns. And, um, you know, I think we were texting. Here we go again. I was getting mad. I was like, "Why can't they stop Kelsey and Hill? Why can't anybody stop them? Nobody wants to met. You know, touch them on the line of scrimmage. You know, knock them around a little bit." It was the Kelsey and Hill show again, and you know, Kansas City was rolling twenty-one-three. A big play um, was the late in the half to get it to twenty-one-ten. Some odd JP Ryan, I believe, ran it in from like thirty yards out. Yeah. And that was uh that stopped the bleeding and kind of got the Bengals some belief. And it was twenty one to ten Chiefs at the half. And well here that's you know, funny. I want to cut in here because this is the play. I even said it as it happened. I'm not trying to act like oh I knew it the whole time. Well, I am, but because I'm saying it. But mm-hmm. when they had the chance to get away with those three points and they elected to go for it on fourth down. Right. The kind of the arrogant play, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like and then not to the fact that you threw the ball to Tyreek Hill, who was not in the end zone. He had to try to get in, and he didn't get in. Yeah. And I, was- I heard Mahomes pleaded with Reed for one more play, and Reed let him have it. And, uh, and, and they, yeah, they lived to regret it because they could have had the easy three. I say, yeah, take points whenever you can get them, but so they thought they could get in. They, he throws the ball to, to Tyreek Hill. And he get he doesn't make the half, so you're going to have so no at that point, Frank. No one's thinking that Kansas City's not going to win this game, even with that, you know. But I said, you know, I knew that Cincinnati was a team that has a chance to come back. And the big thing too was Frank was. I agree with what Madden always says on the radio about the sacks being the most overrated stat in sports because, like, a sack on first down doesn't mean anything if the team converts on third down against the first down. I get that. And this is kind of what was their undoing, was that, you know, Mahomes, it was kind of, I feel like, you know, I, I always steal, steal from other people's terms, like Adam Crowley, who's been on Madden Show, he always says that, you know, like, if you let teams hang around, it's called, quote, playing with your food. I felt like the Chiefs did that in the second half. I felt like when they really could have really stifled things down and, and made it happen, you know, they felt like they had to go for more points, they had to try to do this, but... Meanwhile, you know, Cincinnati has a pretty stout defense, and what they were doing was just trying to get Mahomes out of the pocket, but kind of keep him contained, and then having that that pass rush, and you know what I mean, and they they got they they got stops, and then of course, you know, when Cincinnati takes the lead, you know, on that last drive game, and Mahomes a chance to come down the, the field, you know, they have a chance to kind of get the lead there, and you know, end the game in regulation, but you know that costly third down sack. That put him back over the midfield, and then Harrison Bucker had to kick that really long field goal just to get him into overtime. Um, that was that was huge, you know, Frank. You know, you felt like even though Kansas City tied the game, that Cincinnati still had the momentum. And then when they went to overtime, of course, Kansas City wins the coin toss. They're like, "Oh God, here we go again." I know. Bruce, I was I get out. To touch the ball, you know. Bruce, like, I get to touch the ball, but then sure enough, and it wasn't really Mahomes' fault, but. There was a pass where it should have almost been picked off, mm-hmm. and then two play. It was a player two later that you know he throws. It was the, I think it was to Kelsey. 
and it bounces around, and then Cincinnati gets the interception, and that's all it needed, Frank, you know? And uh, and, and and Joe Burrow and the Bengals pull it off, and then they win they win the AFC title game. And, Frank, I can't believe I'm saying this on a, on a, on a, on a podcast airwave, but the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. And you have to put that on, you know, not just on Joe Burrow, but on that incredible team. There's weapons, you know. I'm not saying Buffalo. Buffalo had the Buffalo had the the arms race to battle Kansas City, but you know it's it's always going to be well if, if if Josh Allen had, had the ball, but Joe Burrow had the ball and he had a chance to get the ball. And, and like I said, Frank, remember I was the one that said you know you have to make a stop. You know it's all about the overtime rules, this and that. You know both teams should touch the ball. And I said, hey, you know don't you know you don't have to be afraid to get a stop once in a while. Cincinnati made those key stops. That's what got him back in the game, and that's what got him the win in overtime, Frank. On top of Joe Burrow being a tremendous you know, quarterback, on top of Mixon, on top of Jamar Chase, on top of Tyler Boyd, on top of you know, whoever you want to say, you know, uh, T. Higgins, whoever. Cincinnati was there at the end, and they got key stops. That was it. You know, they, they were able to, you know, once or twice, you know, stop the, the juggernaut offense that was Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So they win the they win the Lamar Hunt Trophy ironically in Kansas City, and uh, we're a few days away. Frank, they will be in LA uh, playing the winner of the NFC title game, which I'll throw to you. Yeah, Bronson, great breakdown, and it was a a great 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 game, a great comeback by the Bengals. I thought the Chiefs' offense, like, where did it go in the second half? Just three points there at the end. Yeah. Um, a, a team that has dominated for the last couple of years and kind of done whatever they wanted offensively. Yeah, the Bengals stepped up their game defensively, but uh yeah, what happened to the Chiefs? It was some, you know, some three and outs and you know, some turnovers and just not not typical Chiefs football. And luckily as a fan, you know, I was kind of getting tired. I didn't want to see a third straight Super Bowl for the Chiefs. Uh so we, you know, yeah. we don't it's a Super Bowl without Brady or Mahomes this year. So it's really uh, you know, some exciting new blood. Uh as a Steeler fan, yeah, you you never think you'd root for the Bengals, but like I said in the past, that it's not Vontez Burfick's Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this isn't Marvin Lewis and Pac-Man Jones and Andy Dalton anymore. Like teams we love to hate. Um, it's hard to hate this Bengal group, and you know I'm excited to see uh, some fresh uh, some fresh blood in the Super Bowl. Uh, they pulled it off. They they didn't uh, give up when they were down 21-3. Key key uh, plays in the game, like you said, the the the. The turnover, you know, losing the time at the half, just not getting any points. Um, I, I said, too, the P. Ryan touchdown to make it 23-10 or 21-10 um, just to stop the bleeding and give the, the Bengals some belief. Yeah. And, um, and, Frank, real quick, I wanted to, and I have the actual – ESPN does a great job with the, the game summary. And I was like – I was reading that first. I was like, wait a minute, this isn't what happened. I have the one right here. Yeah, Tyreek from Patrick Mahomes make it 7 nothing. Make It was 7-3 into the first quarter. Uh, Kelsey passed from Mahomes to go fourteen to three, and then Hardman had the pa- had the uh, three yard pass from Mahomes to go 21 to three. Yeah, Pierreen, as you said, he had the pass from Burrow. That was twenty one ten at the half when you know you mentioned, and then we mentioned the the missed opportunity by Mahomes. You know, you're down twenty one ten at the half. You know, you know to Kansas City, you would think that's a death sentence, pretty much a football death sentence. But with Cincinnati and their ability to come back. And they just chipped away, Frank. You know, you're Evan McPherson field goal, 21-13. Then they get then at the end of the third quarter, you know, they get they get the Jamar Chase big yard the, the pass from Joe Burrow. Um they and um and Joe remember Joe Burrow went to uh, Trent Taylor for the two point conversion. 
they had to get to kind of tie the, the game up. So it's tied up going to the fourth quarter. McPherson field goal, which puts them up 24-21. Obviously, I mentioned the situation was led to Butker having to kick a 50 or a 44-yard field goal. Well, probably A would have been a cheap a cheap a chip shot, or B even an easy walk in to kind of get that win there. Then of course Evan McPherson, Frank, as you and they were saying on the sidelines, they said McPherson was ice water in his veins. He was smiling and telling people he's like, we're going, he's like, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like he was walking and tapping people. And he and, and, and you know, McPherson's a rookie, right? And he's he's going up to people on the sidelines telling he's like, we're going to the Super Bowl. And if I step out there, we're going to the Super Bowl. And he knows the kick, he calls a shot, and and there you go, Frank. But I just want to I want to get that right since I was doing the, the, the game summary. I'm like, wait a minute, this ain't it. And then and ESPN's always good with the game summary, and it tells you the timing and stuff like a hockey scoreboard. So I like to read that out in case you didn't watch the game. I don't know, you know, shame on you for six weeks if you didn't watch the game. But, um, but there you go, Frank. And like you said, and then that ended around right around right before six thirty, and then we had the uh, the matchup as the LA Rams were hosting the San Francisco 49ers, and um, kind of to take your ammo away from you, but you know the Niners had beaten the Rams all year, and so. Would they make it three, or or would the Rams make it happen? But Frank, the Rams are your darling. I'm going to toss them to you. That's your team. Uh, Tell us what happened. Yeah, you know, and I, I my my preseason pick of Rams and Bills, you know, should have come true because I believe if the Bills do escape in Arrowhead, uh, they host and beat the Bengals. But um, it it wasn't to be. It was meant to be for the Bengals to make it. Um, the Rams, however, did take care of business. So I had one of my uh, Super Bowl picks right. You know, it's kind of this loaded roster of, you know, superstars. You know, they build it around Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. And, you know, a lot of these guys were there. Um, but then they went out and made the big trades. Vaughn Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham. Um, they add those four huge names to the to the fray in L.A. And uh, they, they take care of business and go on a playoff run where they knock out Brady. Um, they, they beat uh, Arizona. Then they knock out Brady and send him into retirement. And uh, and then they they take care of business and they do beat the Niners a third time's a charm and they fell behind in this game too Bronson so both teams uh, that made the Super Bowl were come from behind fashion um, the Niners had a 10-7 lead at the half and a 17-7 lead uh, after three so down by 10 go into the fourth. Um, it was looking grim. I was upset because I, I I wanted the Rams and I didn't want to see a third installment of Bengals 49ers in the Super Bowl, uh, which which would have put it as the top matchup in Super Bowl history. I don't think any teams have met three times in the Super Bowl. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, Steelers and uh, the Steelers and Cowboys have met three times. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it would have tied yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the Rams find a way in the fourth quarter to put together some drives, and uh, and and also hold the Niners off the scoreboard, and they come away with a you know a late a late go ahead score, and, and they win twenty seventeen. It was a nail biter. So both games decided by just three points, and we had chronicled at all playoffs that there's such parity in this league, and there's no blowouts anymore, and every playoff game was like a field goal difference. And this one was down to the wire as well. And the Rams just outlasted the Niners. They found a way to get it done. They they showed up in the fourth quarter. Um, the Niners just didn't play 60 minutes. They played 45 minutes. And uh, the Rams did enough in the fourth quarter to vault themselves to a home Super Bowl. So a second straight year where the NFC champion um, 
wins the game before and goes right to their home stadium in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, they'll paint the end zones different and the 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 Bengals are the home team and but it's uh you know, got to feel a little bit of an advantage for the Rams just familiar surroundings. Um if if you look at any intangibles, they have that kind of advantage where they're not traveling, they know the they know the surroundings. Some people said they should put the Rams in the visiting locker room. Well, I don't think they'll do that. You know, kind of just keep the Rams in their locker room. It's just makes sense. Um, even though they are the visitors, they will have to go on the opposite sideline they're used to. So that'll feel a little bit weird because the home sideline belongs to the Bengals. Um, yeah. Bengals Bengals got to choose um, the uniform. Uh, the AFC is the home team. Uh, and they, they're going to go with their black tops and white pants with orange socks. Um, kind of the classic Bengal look, even though they've kind of tweaked it over the years. So the Rams had to choose a light color jersey. Some thought they'd have to go with that ugly bone color. Um, but the NFL did grant them permission to wear their alternate regular whites. So they'll have the clean looking white with yellow pants. Um, kind of their modern take on the 99 Rams with a little bit of a royal blue. Uh, yeah. and, but uh, so a nice uniform matchup. I'm excited. Super Bowl 56 is here, Bronson. And um, I didn't know if you wanted to wrap up anything NFC or go right into the big game. No, I mean, I, th- I think you did it well. Um, and the Rams have been your darling all year. You predicted mm-hmm. them. And um, uh, all the way up to the Super Bowl here, I've been uh, the last two weeks, I've been zeroed out in terms of uh, picking correct winners. Although I did, I did say, uh, I did say I wanted I wanted the Rams to win, so that's why I picked the Niners. So, and 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 trust, and they took them down to the fight. The Niners were nothing to be trifled with, Frank. They're a tough team, and it does it does uh, dishearten me to hear people still talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, you had people like Mina Kimes even come out and say that 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 the Forty the ers were winning quote in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and I know it took it took uh, she took some flack from a lot of uh, former players. Um, and it's, um, former, uh, 49er quarterback, Jeff Garcia, I guess on Instagram kind of went off on her. Like, you know, he kind of went the more like, I don't want to say, um, blow hard, but he kind of pulled the, well, you never, you never held a football. So what the <laughs> hell do you know about being a quarterback in the NFL? Um, but you know, if you want to, you know, take those kind of opinions, you're going to have to expect to take some, some hits for sure. You know, as long as they're tasteful and not, you know, derogatory, um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm a Jimmy G guy. So, I mean, I, you know, he, he is to be commended. If you're going to, if you're going to give him, you know, the props for winning the game, you can't, you know, it always makes me laugh when people say, Oh, they're, they're winning in spite, you know, they have a great run game. They have a great defense. Okay. That's great. But you know, so what, so, so Jimmy Garoppolo is not winning, not, not, you know, dropping five dimes a game a touchdown dimes a game or whatever. Okay. Whatever, you know, it's, there, you know, he's doing enough to win. So, you know, and he's a, he's a guy that's going to a Super Bowl. And, yeah, this does not d- demean him. And, obviously, the, the Niners are going to go a different direction, Frank. So, we're not going to, you know, we're, he's not going to be back with the 49ers, likely. So, um, but, no, I, you know, I've always just tried to, you know, give Jimmy G his depth. But, you know, the Niners played well, though, and the Ram- but the Rams were up to the challenge this time, Frank, you know. It'd be weird if, you know, if a team lost three times in a year, you know. It's, it's tough yeah. to do that, so. No, congratulations to the Rams. And now they're, you know, they, you know, they aren't really going to technically host it since it's a technically known, a, a, you know, as a, you know, all, you know, a, a neutral site. Yeah. Thank you, neutral. I was looking for a word, the neutral site. So, but no, I mean, 
it's going to be a good, that's, yeah, that's not, that's not a hustle anymore here. So, uh, SoFi Stadium in its first year hosting the Super Bowl is going to host its own team. The LA Rams are going to uh, be the away team as the Cincinnati Bengals will be the home team, Frank. And you got a classic sexy quarterback battle of Joe Burrow against Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's first year at the Rams, Frank, and I had been a yeah. guy who had kind of been calling him out a couple weeks ago. He, he had kind of faltered down the stretch in the regular season. Uh, but he finds it, he finds it, you know, he's been gritty and gutty to get it through the playoffs and get it here. And this is a big game for Matt Stafford, Frank. I'm not trying to throw this weight on this back, but here we go. If he wins the Super Bowl, this proves this is, this is, this is a naysayer to everyone that said, you know, he stinks. You know, he couldn't get it done in Detroit, you know, maybe because he didn't have a team around him. Now he has the team around him, uh, here in LA. So a big game for him. And obviously he's, uh, um, I thought it was funny too. Even then, uh, they they showed. I guess when uh, Stafford, uh, I guess Stafford went to one of the World Series games that Clayton Kershaw pitched. You know, they're they're friends, high school buddies. Uh, yep. And so I've I've I guess I read a thing where Kershaw is going to be at the game. He's and he's already went to. I think he's went to some games before since Stafford's been there. But you know, his his uh, his running buddy, his high school running buddy, Clayton Kershaw is going to be there to see. Hopefully I'm sure. Hopefully friend. the uh, the NBC cameras catch him in the crowd. Yeah. So. He'll get a, possibly get a chance to see his best friend finally win a Super Bowl after you know uh, Matt got to watch his buddy Clayton win finally win a World a World Series ring. So, mm-hmm. um, but no, and Aaron Donald, Frank, there's that pit flavor. We got to throw that in there, you know, uh, Aaron Donald and and, uh, and and Tyler Boyd for for Cincinnati. So yeah, whippy old um, players, then pit players, now the Super Bowl, really cool. Yeah, um, uh, obviously the Rams have a, a stout defense and. Um, you know, their their offense is, is second to none, you know. Can't even really call them the greatest show on turf. Well, I guess it is kind of field turf, but mm-hmm. that's another argument for another day. But um but it's gonna be a battle of offenses, Frank, but ultimately the you know, Cincinnati's offensive line's not necessarily very good, Frank, and that's you know and I guess I am gonna kinda start talking about what I think's gonna happen. Um uh for my yeah. I I wanna I wanna I've been trying to pick. I'm trying to pick oxymoron, but I just don't see. I feel like I feel like the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl, Frank. I've picked it, and I've picked against them all playoffs. It seems so. Um, you know, if I do want the Rams to win, but if Cincinnati wins, I'm not going to be disappointed. I I want to see a great game, Frank. As I've said the last couple of years, when it's uh, I've not had a dog in the fight. I just want to be entertained. I want to see a great game, and and I. Uh, I think when it all comes to pass, Frank, I think that the Cincinnati offensive line is going to buckle, and that's going to allow Rams to get some pressure on Joe Burrow, you know, and he's going to he's going to fold under a little bit of pressure. I don't think he's going to come away unscathed in terms of uh, physically in, uh, um, you know, he's going he's going to get his numbers, Frank. But I think you know they're going to make some stops. He might he might be forced physically into making. You know, some errors, and I think the Rams take advantage of that. As long as the Rams don't shoot themselves in the foot, Frank, with with horrible turnovers, I think uh, the Rams have this pretty much, you know, you know, locked up. They're gonna, you know, and Andrew Whitworth, the former, you know, we've that that factor too. The former Cincinnati Bengal who went to L.A. and now he's in there mm-hmm. fa- facing his former team. He's gonna he's gonna want his say in, in how things determine. But um, I don't have a score, but I do, I do think the Rams win win the Super Bowl. Um, I just think it's going to come down to defense. It's you know it's very cliche to see say defense wins championships, but it's going to. I, I hope it's going to be every bit the offensive showing that we're hoping it's going to be. 
Uh, but I do think Aaron Donald, this is a, a way for Aaron Donald to put his name on something. This is everything. He's won every award there is known to man, it seems like, except now he needs he needs to get that Lombardi trophy. He'll get it this game. Vaughn Miller, a chance to get another Super Bowl ring because he won one with Denver. Uh, but guys like Jalen Ramsey, guys like OBJ, uh, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, as I mentioned earlier, guys who don't have a ring. So, um I tend, like I said, I tend to lean more towards the veteran presence. Joe Burrows had a fantastic year, and maybe Frank, his time will come, but maybe I don't think it, yeah. it may not be this year, and I think it's going to be the Rams. No, excellent breakdown, Bronson. And I, I, the way I look at this game is, and is, is some key matchups and how how they play out. You mentioned the Rams pass rush on on Burrow, and this Bengal offensive line has been you know, much maligned this, this postseason. Um, Burrow has been on his back a lot. I, you know, I remember the Raiders, yeah. the Raiders got to him, the Titans got to him. I um, mean, the Chiefs got to him and somehow they, you know, they were still able to win all three games, but the Rams have that, you know, world-class pass rush with led by Donald. And of course, Von Miller now and um, Chase, Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey is a great matchup. Uh, the rookie stud wide receiver against, you know, arguably the top corner in the game. Um, this is one where, you know, I'm not a Ramsey fan. I hate how he runs his mouth. He is kind of a Brad yeah. Marchand type. Um, and he got torched by Mike Evans in, in that uh, divisional round. And I was texting you that I love to see it, even though I was rooting for the Rams. Uh, you know, you, you want to see him get humbled because he loves to tweet, you know, his stats. Like, I covered these three, four four straight weeks covering all pro receivers and they got under a hundred yards and all kinds of stuff. But he's also a guy that will just play a side of the field. And, you know, he kind of dodges some top receivers because, Oh, I play left side of the field. And if Mike Evans is over on the right side of the field, I'm just going to take on Scotty Miller. Then, you know, (laughs) whoever else on the box, like, you know, he's Revis over here, right? He needs to follow (laughs) chase, all around this game, and I want to see this top matchup. You know, I, you know, I, I Ramsey's going to get his, Chase is going to get his. I think, you know, it's going to be a back and forth matchup. Um, you know, obviously, who makes the most big plays? Um, you know, Tomlinism splash plays. Um, and I think the Bengals offense has more big play capability with Joe Mixon and, and Jamar Chase. And if they, the the way they can stay in the game is with the with big plays and you know obviously Cooper Cup brings that on the other side and OBJ um, it's the last game of the year so both coaches will pull out all the stops maybe some reverse passes we've seen OBJ throw some passes um, you know another interesting angle in this game is Zach Taylor and Sean McVay were used to be on the same coaching staff um, Zach Taylor comes from the McVay coaching tree and was was involved yeah. in that last Super Bowl against the Patriots. So these coaches know each other very well. What kind of wrinkles do they put in to try to one up each other with some trick plays? Um, you know, Bronson, I'm picking the Rams too. I stuck with the Rams. Um, I didn't really make a pick. I picked Rams and Bills to make it. I don't think we. I don't remember if we picked a winner, but my champ is going to no, be the. I, I think the Rams win this one. I'll stick with these field goal games. I mean, it's been it's been down to the down to a field goal a lot. I think a late field goal wins it for the Rams, thirty-one twenty-eight. Um, I think we'll see some offense in this game. Um, maybe I'll yeah, thirty-one twenty-eight Rams. Um, Stafford in year one, 
talk about maybe the best trade in NFL history if it comes to be because you go get your guy and he wins the Super Bowl in his first year. Um, all the trades will be worth it, Bronson. All the draft capital that the Rams have spent, no first round picks. They're like the Penguins. They're like the Rutherford Penguins. <laughs> um, no first round picks till like 2026 or something. But if they get the, it'll be know, worth it if they get a ring. It'd be worth it if they get one ring. And even if they have to do a little bit of a rebuild after, you know, you get that one ring. But, um, you know, I'm just hoping for a good game. I'm happy there's no Pat Patrick Mahomes and no Tom Brady. And I wasn't really looking forward for, to the boring 49ers. Um, so Bengals Rams excites me. Like I said, I like the uniforms. Yeah. I, I like I don't the think vibe. Anybody the Niners to go. I know yeah. they just didn't want it because it's it was it was a boring matchup. Um, yeah, and it's funny we're not even talking about you know Sean McVay and Zach Taylor, both of whom were were you know coached you know. Taylor was with the Rams staff too when McVay mm-hmm. took the job and took him over there with them. So now he's facing the guy that was under him. And both guys came from the, excuse me, the Shanahan tree. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that, you know, that, you know, Kyle Shanahan factored in that as well. So it'd be, it would be cool to see, um, you know, Sean McVay get his first ring, but it'd be cool to see Zach Taylor. You know, I know, I know as a, as a, a Steelers supporter, you shouldn't pull for Cincinnati. <laughs> but I mean, they're just an exciting team to watch. You can't yeah. help it. They're, I mean, when they play Pittsburgh, I hope Pittsburgh beats them every time. But you know, it's just they—they are an exciting team to watch. They really are. And Joe and Joe Burrow is a good kid. He's not a. He's yeah. not. He hasn't done anything that's made people. A little bit I mean. cocky, but he—it's all in fun. I like it though. I like he backs it. He, it up. He's it's confidence. I mean, he backs yeah, it up. Know, this diamond's fake. Is I make too much smoking. Money. <laughs> I make too much money for these diamonds to be fake. <laughs> he's, he's trying to become a, a rare feat where, and he's going to win a high. Did he win the Heisman? Yes. So Heisman national championship, Super Bowl. Yeah. Only Montana and, and Namath. No, no, no. It was, uh, yeah. I want to yeah. say Jim Plunkett was one of them, but I don't think he won the national title. But it's, I think you, to do it in like a three year span or something, he'll be the first. So, yeah. I mean, talk about a resume on all levels there. But, um, no, bro, I'm excited for the commercials, for the food, for a good game. Um, it's just all My, around. The, the, I assume they're going to show the Super Bowl commercial in its entirety. They haven't showed it in its entirety on TV yet. But right now, my running for best Super Bowl commercial so far this year is going to be the, the Manning's uh, Frito Lay commercial, Pepsi commercial with uh, doesn't Archie watching... come downstairs? Well, no, that, that, I thought that was a different commercial when Archie. Yeah, came that out. was different. Yeah, different yeah. yeah, this one they're watching TV, and then Jerome Bettis knocks down the door, and they go on, and uh, Peyton oh, stays yeah. home. But Archie, but the real, the complete commercial which I I posted has Bradshaw. Is, you know, they get Victor Cruz and they get Terry Bradshaw, and then yeah. they're. Uh, Eli and uh, Victor Cruz and Jerome Bettis are singing the the song "Good for You" by uh, um, Victor, uh, Rodrigo. What's her name? Uh, Olivia. Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. They're singing and Terry Bradshaw singing it on the bus. Right. I assume you'll see the full one during the Super Bowl. And um, the uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger one looks good, where he yes. plays Zeus. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think who has. Oh, NBC has the Super Bowl this year. So yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna get Al Alan Michael Chris. Yeah. And Chris Collinsworth is the former Bengals, so you know who yeah. he's going to be pushing. Um, but yeah, no, it should be fun. And I, like I said, uh, NBC has the coverage there, and uh, and uh, sh- like I said, should be a good one. Should be a good one. And uh, 
Uh, I hope when we get a chance, maybe we'll come back next week and uh, do a Super Bowl recap. Really won't, won't be much to talk about after that. So, yeah, Dude, I know Super Bronson Bowl. wants to get some Daytona 500. Yeah, the Daytona 500. That, do, so. do the NASCAR we'll try to get that. together one more week. Uh, yeah, one let's week go next tonight, week. Yeah. Um, get get the, the Super Bowl, re, uh, you know, the smoke clear from the Super Bowl. Um, we didn't have time to get into it tonight, but um, uh, maybe do more of the coaching carousel. Maybe next episode, if not, there'll though. be some hirings. Yeah, yeah, hirings, and maybe you know we're getting to that time where you know it's it's on an amusement park. But Frank and I, we love when we get to take you in the quarterback carousel with us. So yeah, it's a yearly some- segment. We we have to do it. Um, I'm trying to put some feelers out there to maybe see if we can get some football gurus maybe to come on the show. Uh, to talk about the draft, I'd love uh-huh. for you know to get someone who knows what they're doing to come on here. Maybe talk about Steeler draft needs to talk about Kenny Pickett. Um, because mm-hmm. you know, this is one of a rare time where we have a pit guy that's going to be a bona fide first rounder at yeah. the quarterback position. So, I'd like to get you know really be your, your go to on the Kenny Pickett's saga. And uh, but we'll see. Uh, but no, Frank, it's gonna be a great Super Bowl. I don't think we have anything more to cover on the rundown except our final thoughts here, but um. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I try not to be, you know, try to make our show X's and O's and all that stuff because you can go, yeah. and, you know, you have, uh, you know, Jeff Saturday can cover that for you in NFL a lot. <laughs> so I love Jeff Saturday. So, but I mean, yeah. they got that. We just like to tell you what we feel like and what's going to happen there. Um, yeah. So I, um, I will start with the final thoughts since I'll, since Frank give, uh, give Frank a little bit of time to catch okay. his breath here. But, um, so on the week that there wasn't any football, um, some stuff happened. Um, I actually thought that the Royal Rumble was going to be on a weekend because they've been very good with having it on the off week. Frank, uh, they always had they always made their bones having the Royal Rumble on the weekend of uh, the 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 bye week between the Super Bowl, the, cha- the conference title game, and the Super Bowl. But because the NFL had that extra week of the regular season, that pushes the Super Bowl back a week, and Vince doesn't want the Royal Rumble to be in February. It's always a January event. So what he had to do to not go against the NFL was to have uh, the Royal Rumble on Saturday night, the night before the conference, the conference game. So they, he completely owned Saturday night. So as a wrestling fan, it was very weird to watch a pay-per-view on Saturday night. Although AEW's done it a couple times to avoid going up against the NFL. And not to go fast forward, but uh, Monday Night Raw this past week actually did a really good rating, which I figured was going to happen because now that there's no Monday Night Football now, that wrestling's wrestling's gonna probably start spiking up and 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 ratings, because um, people will need something to watch. But uh, no, the Royal Rumble kicked off. Frank, it was at the um, I don't even know what the hell it's called anymore. I'm not even gonna try to. It's America's Arena, America Dome, whatever. It's where the Rams used to play when they were in St. Louis. The old, the formerly known as the Edward Jones Dome. Yeah, changes its name. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where the Royal Rumble was held in St. Louis, Missouri. Frank. Um, Roman Reigns defeated. Roman Reigns actually lost to Seth Rollins via DQ. He didn't release the chokehold at the referee's five count, so he loses but gets to keep the belt. Brock Lesnar faced, faced Bobby Lashley in a match I thought was going to be awesome because guys who did MMA both kind of have the same pedigree and background, just two guys. I know it's predetermined wrestling, but to see how they would work in a match together, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, that was the dream match I'd wanted. Uh, but it did not really happen because Roman Reigns cost uh, Brock Lesnar the WWE Championship. Uh, so he lost the title to Bobby Lashley, who's not, and Lashley's now a two-time champion. We'll probably defend the title at WrestleMania against opponent to be determined. Um, so they had the Women's Royal Rumble, Frank. A couple come, uh, return. Uh, they usually use the Royal Rumble, Frank, to have surprise appearances. And people we haven't seen in quite a while make a return. 
Um, I know when you and I watched it during the early 2000s, the Attitude Era, you had Mickey James make a return. And it was funny, Frank, this actually should be made, this actually uh, made good wrestling news. Um, this thing in wrestling has been called, it's called uh, the Forbidden Door, where guy people who are under contract with one organization go over and perform for another organization. Um, the WWE had Mickey James appear at the Royal Rumble. She's wrestling for Impact Wrestling, Frank, formerly known as TNA. She's their women's champion, and her and WWE came to an agreement. She actually participated in the Royal Rumble. She came out with the Impact Women's Championship with her theme and everything. So it was weird to see an Impact contracted wrestler on WWE television. So that's huge. I'd be like, you know, maybe like if Victor Newman went on like the Guiding Light, you know, or no, no, like on like on like General Hospital and soap operas, and just walked over there and, and was Victor Newman in, in that in that environment. Um, so it was cool to see that Mickey James appeared there. Then you had like you know the, the people we grew up watching Frank Molly Holly Ivory, um, you know Kelly Kelly things like that. They made the return, but when it was all said and done, Frank, uh, the surprise return of the former UFC uh, uh, champion uh, Ronda Rousey. She made a surprise appearance and she wins the Royal Rumble. She will go on to WrestleMania right now. It's looking like she's going to face Charlotte Flair. So Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania will be huge. Um, yeah. That'll be a big matchup there. Unfortunately, I have to say, Frank, the Men's Royal Rumble did not really live up to that kind of uh, performance. Um, there was rumor that Matt Riddle was supposed to win the Royal Rumble, the former UFC guy, but that ended up being changed. Um, no big surprises in the Men's Royal Rumble, Frank, to be quite honest. It was it, it was a little of a lackluster Royal Rumble. I had a friend, my one friend, ironically, his name is Frank, too. He's from Kentucky. He was there live, and he, and he said, he goes, it wasn't very, it wasn't very entertaining. The women's rumble that was broadcast the, the hour before was much more entertaining, so it didn't really end on a great. You know, it didn't really go off on a great note. Although they did, Frank, they slid the surprise that Brock Lesnar was one of the entrants after he just lost the title an hour ago on that pay per view. He came out and uh, he wins the Royal Rumble, so he's going to go to WrestleMania and he's going to ironically face Roman Reigns for the Universal title because you know Reigns cheated him out of the WWE t- title, you know, the two world titles. Uh, so Brock, so right now, right as it stands right now, Frank, it's looking like it's going to be Lesnar and Reigns at WrestleMania, Charlotte and and Ronda Rousey. Um, uh, WWE also did a promotion with Jackass, the new the new movie Jackass, Jackass Forever. The yeah, they did the so, thing where Johnny, yeah, Johnny, Johnny Knoxville ran Rumble. out. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. They beat him up. He took like yeah. everyone's finisher and they threw him out. Um, <laughs> But they're continuing it. They had Sami Zayn appear at the uh, premiere of Jackass, and he's thrown thrown out by security and stuff. <laughs> so it looks like they're going to continue this going, and I wouldn't be shocked if you see like Johnny Knoxville have a match at WrestleMania against Sami Zayn. It looks like they're kind of pushing to that. I'm sure that's probably going to make some people mad. You know, people who wrestled around, you know, their dream is to be on the WrestleMania card, but now like a celebrity. But they've always done that with the celebrity WrestleMania. They did it with the Paul brothers last year and stuff. They always have a, a celebrity feature. Snooki wrestled a match at WrestleMania one year. Like, it's just how it is. And I think now, Frank, with WrestleMania being two nights instead of one, you know, COVID made it that one year do Saturday and Sunday. They like that opportunity to have WrestleMania on two nights. Um, I think I think it'll be easier because you get you get you know basically get two shows even though it's one event. And WrestleMania is going to be this year in Jerry's World, Frank. It's going to be at the AT and T Stadium in in, in uh, Dallas. So uh, they were there for thirty two, so they're coming back to do it there. Um, so yeah, Brock Lesnar wins the the men's Royal Rumble. Uh, Ronda Rousey, the returning Ronda Rousey, wins the women's Royal Rumble. So that's it for that. AEW wise, 
uh, Frank. They've had some appearances too, but I've been kind of critical of AEW lately. Um, it seems like every time they, they sign a guy that WWE cuts, and it's like, you know, they have such a big roster now, not enough people to fill it up with, and their ratings haven't really gone up very much. So it's like, you know, you know, gotta give Tony Khan all the credit, but you know, you know, have you have they signed too many? You know, this other thing is too many guys. You know, some really marquee stars aren't even on TV because there's just such a plethora of talent there that maybe you know, maybe when contracts are up, they don't renew them or they have to maybe get rid of some people they didn't think they would have to. You know, um, but that's that's a stay tuned to see what happens there. But the main the main final thought, Frank, before I throw it to you. Um, I uh, didn't really cover it much on the last show because I didn't think it was coming up on us so quickly. But um, uh, I mentioned it in previous shows. Uh, the L.A. Coliseum, Frank, home of the USC uh, Fighting Trojans, you know, was there when the Rams and the Raiders played there, you know, the, in the Chargers or whatever they were there or whatever. Well, they, I think they, they played in the Galaxy Stadium. But um, they uh, put some substance on the football field when the season was over for USC, and they put a big black pavement on that. And turned it into a racetrack, Frank, and uh, and NASCAR's event to uh, reach out to the common fan, the casual fan. They made a racetrack at, at, at the LA Coliseum, which has hosted the Olympics in the past as well. And uh, they've had this event called the the Bushlight Clash, which has always been a Daytona. They had the regular Daytona race and then the road course race, but now uh, they take it. They took it to the LA Coliseum. The but the Bushlight Clash, the Coliseum happened this year, Frank. Uh, celebrities turned out. Ice Cube was there. Um, I'm trying to think who else is there. A lot of celebrities there. It sold out. Frank Tickets did well. A uh, little race there. And I thought the format of it was awesome as well. Um, you know, because of it being such a little track, um, they didn't do like a normal fast speed qualifying. They did a thing called qualifying races where like they had like four qualifying races and the top four moved into the the main feature, the main Sounds event. Sounds like your Chili Bowl format almost. Exactly. I'm glad you're catching on. See, we're, <laughs> we're going to turn Frank into a motorsports person here soon. I'm going to be a gearhead. Yeah, so <laughs> this, they do this in dirt racing too, Frank, in the World of Outlaws and your local dirt track. They do they do this like this with big entries like this. They do qualifying races, top four advance, and then there's a B main usually, like the guys who didn't qualify, and then the winner of that race makes it to the main the main event. So they did kind of that same format with NASCAR. They did four qualifying races. They had your last chance to get in, and then then you had the main event. So there was, little, there was only like you know twenty cars out there, twenty one cars, because you couldn't have forty three out there that short of a track. No. So they have a qualifying race. Kurt Busch missed the race actually, ironically, his first year with uh, Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, 23-11 racing. He's he's uh he's racing the number forty five, um, the number forty five uh, to- a Toyota Camry for. Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, but he missed out. That was a big thing. Um, uh, not to kind of bore you to death with the coverage, but uh, Tyler Reddick, Frank, a, a kid, a young kid in uh, in NASCAR. He uh, this is what this will be his third year in NASCAR. Um, he dominated the race to start it off, Frank. But with these new cars, the next gen cars, uh, they have to work the bugs out on them. They, you know, this is a brand new car that they have uh, rolled off the trailer here, and this is the first time the guys are. Really, um, I know a tough track to, to break in a new car, yeah. a typical environment. So they figure yeah. Chase Briscoe had a good run. That's my guy, Frank. He had issues, he had uh transmission issues. Uh, so he was out of the race early. Uh, a couple other guys were, but uh, um, Tyler Reddick dominated half the race and then all and it had a driveline issue, which threw away his race. And he felt bad for him because you know it would have been his first win, but not technically since the exhibition wins don't count as actual wins. 
but he interviewed he was a little sad but he goes hey i'd rather have it i'd rather have it happen here to exhibition race than in two weeks at daytona you know when i'm trying to run the 500 or whatever um so he goes i'd rather have it here so he's out of the race frank and uh joey logano the uh, team penske the number 22 shell puns he finds his way in front of kyle bush uh there was a little bit of a, a um a deal between um Justin Haley and Kyle Larson. Justin Haley got booted from behind by Kyle Larson's teammate, uh, Alex Bowman, into Larson. Larson was a little angry, thought maybe it was done intentionally, and he ran him down in on the inside wall and wrecked, wrecked uh, Justin Haley. So I don't know if they got that squared away. There was definitely some tempers there. But um, Kyle Busch thought he had the win. Joey Logano gets around him, gets the win there. He wins the first ever Bush-like clash of the Coliseum. Um there was uh, Ice T performed. Frank, they actually like had like a halftime of the race and Ice T performed. So you know, even us as kids, whoever thought we ever saw a day where Ice T would perform in a NASCAR event, he right. loved. It. He said he loved it. He loved the he loved the atmosphere. It was sold out. They walked down the. They did the driver intros where they walked down the stairs of the Coliseum. Mm. Kyle Busch, of course, got booed out of the building, and he loved it. <laughs> he did the uh, he did the Russell Crowe. Are you not entertained and stuff? He was yeah. really trying to pick at the fans there. So. It was a huge event, Frank. Um, something that maybe I'd like to see them go back and do again there, you know. I I was not optimistic. I thought maybe it would not maybe it was a bad idea and it didn't turn out well, but no, the ratings were there, the, the attendance was there, people were really or take dumb. it take it to other football stadiums, kinda you know, make it into like what the hockey hockey's doing with the winter class. Yeah. Like you, you would probably, go, you would have to definitely do it in a in a, a hot climate city with the, with the you know winter coming. So you'd have to you you'd have to have it in like a yeah. Florida or California kind of deal. Yeah, you could you couldn't have it at Heinz Field in February with it with it snowing. <laughs> Just wouldn't work. But you'd, you'd have to unless you moved it like unless you said different hey we're gonna have year. it you know you know a different different month or something. But if you're I would totally have that, go, I would go to Heinz Field if they put a racetrack at it. That would be so awesome to see. <laughs> you would the have to do that is, like in the summer here. You'd have to do yeah. that from like a a June to August or something. I want to like know. I, the problem is the the waste there. They're like two million dollars to like. And what happens to all that blacktop? It's like just gonna it just, get chiseled and moved out of there. Yeah, I mean it's just crazy to think. Like you, how long it takes Pen Dot to like do all these roads? They yeah. use that much blacktop and like a weekend there. At like. least like when, when uh, at least like with um, they I think they do it yearly now. They, I don't think it's even a one time. I think they do it even kind of yearly now. Tennessee plays a Tennessee plays a college football game at Bristol. But what they do is they just turn the garage area. They just put they just put turf on it and yeah they play there. Like they it's still easier as well. It's easier to go the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Race track. So yeah, football. I get what you're saying. You're like, you're like, it's a waste because they just wasted all. But I'm sure the money they took in. I'm th- I'm sure it's enough. But but uh, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice if uh, you know, there's a, there's a stadium, Frank, in North Carolina or South Carolina called Bowman Gray Stadium. They have races there and they have college football there. It's a stadium slash racetrack. Wow. That's kind of what they wanted to make this like a stadium yeah. slash racetrack. It looked really cool. I thought it'd be kind of cool, you know. The Coliseum is old, so you couldn't do that. But it'd be cool if you had like a stadium that could do racing and football, and like have that there, you know. But the allure of the Coliseum it was awesome, Frank. And you tell the guys were having fun with it too, like you know, like I said, Logano loved it, and actually Logano won the race, and the next day became a father for the third time. So, wow. uh, so good for him. He wins a race and he becomes a dad for a third time. <laughs> and Joey Logano is a guy, Frank, that isn't he's in that Kyle Busch thing where he's not. The diehard NASCAR fans aren't fans of Joey Logano. They kind of see him as a kid who kind of came up through money. His dad has a lot of money and paid his way through NASCAR. But he has a championship. He has a Daytona 500. And and now he has a clash win at, at, at the LA Coliseum. So 
it was a great event, Frank. I, I'm glad I, I got a chance to tell you it was a great event because I really didn't see it being a good event. I really thought that they're going to find a way to muck this up or the racing wouldn't be quality, but mm. it was quality. And people didn't think you were going to see passing, but there was passing. So, and um, this kind of begged the feature. And uh, Kevin, my friend Kevin messaged me this. And like you said, that maybe at every short track now, maybe that the, the format of qualifying should be like this, like this qualifying races. Like, could yeah. you imagine Bristol doing this? And then my friend Logan said, it was a great idea. You know how like Bristol, it's usually a 500 mile race. It's like the food city 500 or whatever. Have the qualifying races, your last chance, and then the showdown. And then, but instead of, you know, when you get to the final race, the final of the feature, don't make it a 500 mile race, make it a 300 mile race, make the race shorter, but then broadcast all the qualifying races. Yeah. So you get that. I think that's a, I think that's a great way you can maybe try to make that happen. And Kevin brought a good idea, my friend Kevin did about maybe having like, you know, um, like the the clash format, the uh, the Coliseum, have that kind of race be a playoff race, where mm-hmm. you know you have it as a cutoff race, and then you, you have people wanting to tune in because you know it's going to be a, a fun show. So NASCAR really is trying to do what they can to bring more fans in. Uh, the diehards still aren't going to be, you know, they're they're going to thumb their nose at everything. But uh, and I'm always quick to call NASCAR out when things don't go well. But I'm I'm quick to also give them dap when they do do things well. So. All the hats off to everyone at NASCAR for making this event huge, and maybe they keep doing it every year, Frank. But I don't know. Like you said, Frank's already got me like thinking otherwise now because they're just they're just gonna chisel all this blacktop now, <laughs> turn it back into the USC's football stadium. So, um, no, it was great, Frank. And then and I know you watched a little bit of it too. You gave me mm-hmm. your little your seal of approval on it. You were you were tuned in as well, you know, towards the end there. But you watched you watched some of the stuff before that too, some of the qualifying mm-hmm. and practice stuff. So. I, I even someone like you for someone like you to be curious about it too, you know that's who they're that's who they're going for that's who they're aiming for. You'll be proud of me too, Bronson. I did watch from start to finish the entire Royal Rumble, so I have Peacock. I'm that's right, you it's did really cool. Me. You were like, it, I, it, I, yeah, I have Peacock, and it's like you know you used to you know I would not want to pay for pay per views, but it's so cool that they're free on Peacock now, and like I'm like, why yeah. not? You know, I'm gonna take advantage of a pay per view that some people have to pay you know fifty nine ninety nine yeah, for. There still are cable companies that offer the 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 pay per view format of it because some people like you know they're just they're just stuck in their ways and won't get Peacock. So right. you know WWE's like, hey, if you want to pay sixty dollars for this event, you know by all means go ahead and do that. But we'd rather have you watch it on Peacock. Yeah. And like you said, Frank, you don't have to pay for a pay per view event anymore. No, you can watch it in like. So I'll definitely to... be watching WrestleMania. Yeah, you'll get to watch WrestleMania. Like it's, you'll get to watch WrestleMania too. So it's it's a cool aspect of Peacock on yeah. top of the programming it has to. And one last thing, and I know I've been rambling on for a little bit here, but I. Just want to give a dap to Peacock because um, the Rolex 24 happened since we last taped as well, and I loved their coverage, Frank. Um, it was they went back between USA and, and and NBC, but if you had Peacock, you could actually watch it streaming live with no commercial interruptions. Like when they went to commercial, you just heard the race and watched it. You heard the sounds cool. of the race. So for a nerd, a racing nerd like me that loved watching every bit of the 24 hours of, of Daytona. The Rolex, it was cool to watch it on Peacock and have it commercial free and uh, just being able to watch it. So they did say that even though uh, that was a cool thing they did for IMSA fans, the IndyCar and NASCAR broadcast is still going to be like the regular TV broadcast, but practice and qualifying will be commercial free. But they said they might work on something like that. So you might see that down the line with NASCAR and things like that, where maybe like Formula One does it too, Frank. Um, uh, uh, Mothers, it's, it's a wax company or whatever, a car wax company. They pay for the entire broadcast to be commercial free, 
So I could see that down the line happening too, where like one company just pays for everything and then it's commercial free. And that's mm-hmm. like, I think I'm over, I, I love when things are commercial free. So maybe Me that's too. the thing that, that moves to all of motorsports. And you're going to find that too, Frank, in all sports with, you know, sponsorship coming to hockey here in a, you know, about a year with things being on the, the jerseys and helmets and whatnot. So it's just the way the world is. You got to make that money somehow. So sorry, I rambled on. And uh, Frank is going to lead us off with, uh, um, Frank probably gets out of his couch right now. And we and we step in and we and we and we plug into the Dalai Lama as well. <laughs> a little bit of an update on the labor negotiations between the MLB uh, and the Players Association. Yeah, Bronson, I, I'm hoping to get my red carpet rolled out for a spring training Major League Baseball preview. Maybe we'll have Ryan Barnes on, but uh, it's you know, and, and as in our prediction episode, I predicted the lockout would be short lived, but. Um, it's, it's not looking good still so far as we are, you know, now four or five days away from pitchers and catchers supposed to be reporting and we are still without an agreement. So it's looking at this point now that we will officially lose spring training time. And, you know, I didn't know this, but in 1990, a similar lockout happened and they didn't start spring training till late March, um, only had a three week spring training and opening day was pushed to April 9th. Um, and they did actually squeeze in 162 games with double headers and, and going a, a week into October um, that year. So there's still some room. Rob Manford said he is optimistic that they will play a full season. Um, it's a shame because with COVID, of course, they forfeited a full season a couple of years ago and only played the 50-some games. Um, now you hope they get all 162 in, Bronson. You hope that this, this doesn't lead to injuries with pitchers you know, not, you know, pitchers' arms not being ready. Um, if they have to squeeze in a tight, uh, if they delay this thing until the middle of March or end of March, are pitchers going to be ready to, to go to the cold weather, northern cities? Um, they are meeting again, I believe, this week. Um, they're, they're not far apart on the issues. MLB Network was saying how, how these issues are not, they're not weighing they're they're not so far apart that they can't come to an agreement i am hearing that universal dh is gonna be a thing um it's not not confirmed but um if they do agree to a new cba the the dh will be coming to both leagues um seven inning double headers that they did during COVID are not going to be a thing anymore which i think i liked those i think you can squeeze in more games if you have seven inning double headers um I don't believe the extra inning runner on base is going to stick around, which I'm glad I was not a fan of that. Maybe if you do it, don't do it till the 13th inning, like let it play out at least till the 13th. Yeah. I didn't like it right in the 10th, but no, it's been a stalemate Bronson. And I was going to get so excited to see the pop of the mitt and the, you know, the trucks unloading in Bradenton and, you know, everybody at like KDKA and locally covering the Pirates, getting, you know, every, everybody's O and O at the zero and zero record, optimistic in spring training. Bucko ball, yeah. baby. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you know, everybody has the, the optimist. The, the, the Pirates again are going to be lousy, as we know, but, you know, <laughs> but, but you, you get a chance to see the young guys in spring. I don't want us to lose spring training because you get to check out what you got with your prospects and, just get excited for the baseball season. So I hope that the the labor the labor uh, strike comes to an end or the lockout, and they can get something soon. Because uh, you know, pretty soon you get into that territory of, you know, delaying spring training, delaying opening day, and I don't want to see it. And, 
Yeah, no, I'm with you, Frank. And I've always said on here, you know, you are the baseball expert, but baseball was my number one love as a kid. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my, my, my mom got married, you know, my, my, my grandfather, uh, you know, it may not be blood, but he was still my grandfather on that side of the family. Yeah. He was a big Bucko fan. And my first Bucko game was with him. And, and he, he, uh, he, uh, invigorated my love of baseball. And I always think about moments like that when I think about baseball and, no matter how bad the pirates are, you know, I'm always still going to be a pirate fan and they, they frustrate you and whatnot, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, not having baseball. I know they're jokingly, some people are like, you know, the facetious pirate fan, you know, Pittsburgh sports fans are like, you know, you're cheering for no baseball because the pirates stinking it out to watch it. But <laughs> at its core, you know, baseball is fun to watch Frank and, uh, you know, I love it. So, um, I will say this and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to turn heel on you, Frank, but, um, mm-hmm. After the Super Bowl was awarded, and I'm sure, I'm sure the NLN Sportscast will be covering it. Uh, one thing we've we've not mentioned on this podcast is that once the Lombardi Trophy is awarded uh, in the beginning of April, we're going to have the return of the USFL. Right. So my thing to you is, if baseball takes a long stance in this lockout, could they be the beneficiaries of a baseball lockout? With no, because at that point, it'll be, it would be the end of March void, Madness because yeah. because the the, the, the title will be awarded at the beginning of April. March Madness will be over, and if there's no baseball by then, or if they're still if they if they still stalemate at that point, the USFL could really be walking into something. You know, I don't want baseball to go on a hiatus mm-hmm. like that, but if they do, the USFL could profit off that. You know, right? Could get the ratings and whatnot. Now the USFL, even though the Pittsburgh Maulers are making a return. All the games are going to be played in Birmingham, Alabama. They're not, they're not doing the home games. Right. For the first so, season, they do want to yeah. go yeah, to, to the individual cities if they have Eventually. success. Yeah. It's a good money-saving measure and just a trial basis yeah. thing to see. Yeah. And, and, and they're going to have a good TV deal because I think Fox and NBC have the, are the rights holders of that. Okay. So Fox I'm excited Pittsburgh has a team. Yeah, the Maulers are back, baby. I'm, yep. I, I made a joke with, with uh, Jeff Parker that I might have to, I might have to go on a world tour of uh, – um, flea markets and thrift shops and try to find a Mike Rozier jersey. Yeah. Or Mahler's Rozier jersey. So uh, I'll, I'll be locked in. I told him I'll, I'll be locked in. I know I said that when the arena team came here and I was like, I would support it. And then I really didn't. <laughs> I, I just, I always saw the arena league is real gimmicky and whatnot. Yeah. But if it's real football, if, I actually if, went to one power game. I went. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> And, and I and I, but I would say you know if they did actually play games, and I assume if eventually they played here in Pittsburgh, you would probably they would probably play at like Highmark Stadium. I would feel like they were they're not going to play yeah. at Heinz. Um, but um, I would love to see the USFL do. I've always been a fan of wanting to see another league, another football league farewell. And and I'm sorry, the XFL. I mean, it was unfortunate that COVID came with it because they actually weren't doing too bad. Right I know. So people say, oh, another failure. Well, COVID kind of killed the XFL. Who knows what The Rock's going to do in 2023 when he brings the XFL back? I don't uh, think there's room for two B leagues, though. Like, I, how are the USFL and XFL? Well, here's what like... I, my thought is, and I've always thought about this down the line, too, and I know we're kind of running over here, but do kind of like the pro, rest, what pro wrestling has done lately, and, and I'll explain it to you. Whereas anybody not WWE affiliated, like your Impact Wrestling, AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, they all have working agreements with each other to exchange talent and like people bring people over. And it's a surprise so and so appears on this place. And so oh. I think it would behoove like the XFL and the USFL 
and I know the Canadian Football League was talking to Dwayne Johnson about something too, is for those leagues to kind of have an alliance of sorts. You know what I mean? Cross over and play each other once in a while. Maybe that, or just like, you know, maybe if they could just get enough egotistical billionaires in one room and just make one. I know, I guess this would be sacrilege if you're a diehard Canadian Football League fan, but make them all into one big super spring league. Yeah, and just have it, have it in Canada, have it in the United States, and you can and you can still even have it to be like a, a farm system for the NFL too, because mm-hmm. you're not going to beat the NFL heads up. That Never, was the USFL's yeah. the USFL's first mistake was trying to go fall. It was doing great, and that's when they were plucking guys like Jim Kelly and plucking guys like you know Doug Flutie and guys away from the NFL. Mm-hmm. Bo Jackson or no, Herschel Walker, Walker Steve, correct, yeah. Steve Young, I think. Steve, I want to say yeah, Steve, Steve Young. Young. He played for yeah. the LA Express. Yeah. Dan Marino was technically drafted by the LA Express too, but never went over and played in the NFL. But you know, maybe go back to that where they were actually taking big money away from from the NFL, bringing big guys over. And you have to do that in the spring. You cannot go head to head to the NFL in the fall. The NFL is too big of a monster for that to happen. But if you had the right people in place and you could get enough egotistical billionaires in one room and say, "Hey, we can make this happen in the spring," as long you know, maybe you couldn't you couldn't draw it out like the NFL, but have a short enough season to keep attention spans. And have enough talent players doing something along the lines of like saying, "Hey, the NFL has the what the three year, the two year, the two year rule for the draft. Don't have that rule for their draft. So maybe some people right. would be tempted to go out early and then right. go play in the USFL. And you could get some talent and you know injected yeah. quickly. Yeah. So I'm curious to see. And I, I, I use Frank's thing to platform the USFL, but <laughs> I'm just curious to see how it's going to turn out. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. And I'm sure we're going to cover it. So um, I'll leave it at that. But um. Yeah, if the baseball lockout goes deep in, in, into April, the USFL could profit immensely off that, getting eyes on the product. One more thing with baseball and the lockout. Um, what's tough is with like free agents that are still out there, and there's still big names that haven't signed. Um, Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman, Chris Bryant, Trevor Story. Um, big names are still out there without their new teams yet. And and by now, guys are, by now guys are looking for, you know, by renting apartments, buying houses, yeah. um, that's all on hold. And and then even the guy like the down the liners, um, you know, like Todd Frazier is a name that comes to mind. And I think he did announce his retirement. But, you know, some of the guys that, you know, were once stars and maybe are getting close to 40 and are just trying to make like a professional tryout like Brian Boyle did with the Penguins. Yeah. Baseball baseball has the same type of thing. And those guys like to come in early and get some some work in the cage and, and impress and try to catch on with teams. All those poor guys are maybe going to be sent to early retirements because they're just not going to get the body ready and they're just not going to get yeah. the, wife, the wife and kids to the right city yet because – and they might just call it a career because it's it's getting so delayed. So it's I, I you you feel for some of those guys, the the remaining free agents that are just in limbo right now, not knowing. You know, hopefully, maybe I don't know if it's against the rules, but the agents might still be able to talk to MLB clubs, um, and, and you know, and negotiate, just not officially sign anything. So yeah. maybe you'll see once the ban is lifted, um, just rapid fire signings get. You probably will see that because we said it was. A- we saw that when the lock, when the NHL lockout ended. That yeah, there, there's like on paper yeah. agreements ready to go, but but no, let's everybody cross your fingers. I know every our, our listeners are baseball fans, and we want to be able to have our spring training and Pirates preview and MLB preview shows in the next nope. coming. I was week. just gonna say to you, someone was telling me uh, a baseball insider was saying that 
you know, Freddie Freeman, who I love, you know, I love Freddie Freeman. Yeah. And there's a chance he could go to the Yankees. It's like, if he goes to the Yankees, all events right. are off. I mean, the I, heard Braves, he to, I heard he wants to stay with the Braves. So. Yeah. The Braves are, he's one of those lifetime Braves you'd think, but if he says, you know, Hey, I, I rose to the challenge and got my Braves a, a ring. Let me go elsewhere and get, get, get a payday, you know, a bigger payday and try to do it in New York. And then I see a, a guy like him later in his career, finishing with the Braves, you yeah. know, just like maybe take a stint in New York, just, just to try something different. I could see it happening. And the, the yeah. Yankees need left-handed hitters and locker room leaders like that. So, so he would, Rizzo's not staying there. Rizzo's likely not going to stay there. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that would be a great fit, but I see him going back to the Braves too. I do too. That's good. That's fine. But that, well, that wraps me up, Bronson. So okay. That, I was just going to say, and, yeah. and also we're going to mention retirement. We also did forget to mention too, uh, hockey wise, uh, Tuka Rask announced his retirement. Yeah. Tried, tried to, to come give, back, tried to give it a go, but couldn't do it. Yeah, so, so he's done. So it's gonna be it's gonna be the Swayman and uh, Olmark show there in Boston. Mm-hmm. It looks like so. That's that. Uh, we I've rambled on too long, and Frank's done here. So um, we'll, we'll be back next week to give you. We will uh, we will settle the settle the the uh, the battle of the Super Bowl, the battle mm-hmm. of the of the AFC and NFC champs. So we will uh, when the dust settles, we'll be here to cover it and see what happens. We'll have a uh, the, uh, huh? the blah 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 the blah 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 the blah blah blah. No, we can. <laughs> We're not sponsored by Hershey. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I was distracted by the uh, John Marino Kachuk fight from last time they played the Senators. They're playing right now, but um, no, uh, the Super Bowl coverage next week. Um, uh, we'll make sure to definitely time. We always timestamp every show, but we'll make sure to definitely timestamp next week as uh, as Bronson gets to nerd out and uh, preview the NASCAR season. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely that will be covered quite a bit, and I'm sure. You know, hockey and whatnot, and things. And usually, usually from week to week, Frank sports changes in a big way. So I'm sure yeah. we'll be here to cover it. Coaching carousel, quarterback carousel, uh, NFL scuttlebutt, whatever you want to talk about, we'll cover that next week. Um, thank you guys always um, for you know for for listening to us ramble on. We we get nothing but positive reviews, Frank, from my friends. The last couple of weeks we've done the show, so nice. hopefully you're getting that, and hopefully you guys are enjoying it. So. Um, things are, I promise, I've been kind of um, kicking the can down the road here, but uh, things are coming on the horizon. I've had a cool idea here. I'm thinking about maybe eventually doing a, a segment where we can guys can contribute to the show via Twitter and mailing questions in to us and we can answer them. Um, and a lot of other things coming down the pike, too. So stay with us. Uh, be patient with us. I promise uh, the fr- it will bear fruit. Um, Another live episode soon, hopefully. It'll be fun yeah, on Facebook. Uh, yeah, definitely around the draft and whatnot. We're gonna do it. We'll probably do a live episode. You know, we'll a YouTube channel's it. coming down the corner. YouTube channel coming on the court. Yeah. Um, interacted on us on the website. Um, uh, what else? A couple, other, you know, a lot of other things coming. I'm just it's late at night. We're pushing eleven o'clock here, Frank. So <laughs> I'm kind of getting delirious on the here. East Coast. On the East Coast. <laughs> um, I do want to say. Thank you to Justin McConnell and Nico Rocco. And a mm-hmm. special shout out to Nico because Nico's about to get married here very soon. I saw that on uh, on Facebook. He has his Katie as I have mine. His, yes, and his, I have yeah. met her. He, he brought her okay. down. Uh, uh, our, our common friend, Kevin Brew. Uh, he came down for Kevin's birthday party, and I had a chance to meet Nico's fiance. And she's really nice. So um, all the best in the world to them. And Nico's always been a cool dude. Uh, Justin always, of course, and his mm-hmm. family. But um. Nico's about to tie the knot here and all the best. We got to get Nico on. We had Justin on once. We're, to push and we're him, due to get Justin back on. Remember, he came, he came, he came, he came on post Super Bowl. Justin yeah, came, came on post Super Bowl last time. Yeah, when he came on, 
when you came down, Nico, I said, Nico, we got to get you on the show. And he, he's, he's, he said, yeah, just, you know, if something matches up. We, we totally forgot Bronson. We had our second year anniversary last Thursday and we couldn't. I know. It. I think we just been so tight. Up yeah. We needed the, we needed the break, but like, yeah, last Thursday would have been a recording night. It would have been in the exact second year anniversary. The second Can't year. believe we've oh been at it. We're, we're in year three of this show. It's crazy. Yeah. Cause we thought, of, <laughs> cause we thought about me. I remember cause a couple weeks ago we talked about maybe pushing back the season premiere to, to coincide with our, our yeah. but, but it just would have been too long and so much stuff would have happened. So we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, Thanks anyway, for everybody, yeah, but, all the all the loyal listeners for through three years. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, please tell everyone about us. And mm-hmm. you know, like I said, you know, word of mouth is helping too. You know, my friends, you know, Chris and them are telling other people as well. Yeah. So play um, us in your car. You know, a long boring drive to work, commercials on the radio. If you don't have XM, I listen to. That's the best time I listen to the. You know, I do self reflecting where I listen to our show to see how I can get better. Same. And I, I always love just playing it in the car. It's really cool. You, you, you kind of imagine yourself as like a serious XM XM host or something. I've done, <laughs> yeah, I've done the, uh, I've done the chief thing where if I like gone on dates, you know, I've gone on some dates lately and stuff like uh-huh. that. I'll have it on the car and like, well, that sounds that's like me. You. Yeah. That's, that's this me. Is my radio. Yeah. This is my podcast. It's like a big deal. Nice. nice. <laughs> no, but anywho, no, so again, thank you to Justin and Nico and congrats to Nico again. And, and his, mm-hmm. and his, uh, better half seem to be better half there. Um, thank you for the next level nerd allowing us that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to Frank for you know doing this with me. And, uh, and a lot of times it's, it's dependent on me. He always asks when I'm available and my schedule has been really tight lately. So, you know, kudos to him, you know, and uh, we're probably going to have to knock this down eventually down the line when uh, uh, whenever Frank becomes a dad. So we're going to really be strict on that. Time will get tighter for sure. Yeah. I know. <laughs> we'll get tighter. We'll have to make these shorter. So, but no, thanks, Frank. Thanks to everyone involved. Thank you for listening. And uh, I'm done ranting. So until next week, uh, stay tight. Have have a great, safe weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy everything. And hopefully it's a good one. We'll be back next week to discuss. Um as they said stay safe stay warm the weather's been kind of killing us with the the blizzard and uh we'll catch you next week until then for frank conta i am bronson allman and as always top guys out throw me the baseball now toss me the pigskin now feed me the rock now give me the rock